Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and with me as always is the maestro of Mail Order Mysteries, the one, the only, Eddie Guevara. Eddie, what's up? Uh, everything's good, Joe. Everything's good around the place here. One of the things that I got to tell the folks out there is uh, our website was kind of down for a couple of, not kind of down, but it was asking people when they come on to register. And the reason what happened was is that about three, to, I would say three to four weeks ago, we had some individual out there uh, with nothing better to do, uh, register like 47 different names and start Whoa. posting sales stuff in our in our website. So our website was hacked. And so what happened was is I had to uh, do the right thing, which is try to figure out how to stop that. So what I did for the registration is I, I took, um, I added a gotcha. Uh, that's where you see how many buses or how many hills. And I mean, it, it sucks. It's something I hate when I sign on to any site, but it's the only thing I can do to stop people from actually doing that. And um, when I did that, for some reason, I checked off by accident a thing that said only member site type of thing. So everybody who would log into houseoftheunusual.com instead of seeing the website's uh, main page, we first get a login asking you to use Facebook or Google. And it took me a while, but finally I, I was able to figure out what was wrong and I took it off. So now the site is working great. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to making, uh, I'm going to be making some updates on it, like add new videos and stuff instead of just the video that shows the collection. And it, you know, it's going to be more like exciting videos. We do some special topics or events and I'm going to put that in that area. Uh, this way it'll be uh, pretty cool. Now, another video I'm actually looking to upload probably in the next two to three days uh, is, uh, well, Friday we obviously have the weekly Chuck's Corner. But we have a thing with Chuck where he actually uh, went on a tour in a cemetery next to his house, and he went on uh, some famous magician from the 1930s and 40s. And when the guy passed away, he had like a mail order company and stuff like that, and and Chuck went on to do like a floating uh, thing next to the tombstone. It was pretty cool. I actually enjoyed the video, and I'm going to upload that video. And, uh, you know, another special uh, video there, and, and I'm going to be showing some of my collection now because I'm actually, as we speak, I, I think my last move should be this coming Monday. Uh, I'm going to rent one last truck and hopefully fit everything that's left there because uh, it's been very monotonous. I'm not planning to do it again for a couple of years. And, and next time I'll probably get somebody to move it for me because I got to be honest with you. I've never knew I had so much stuff. Like, I mean, not that it's, it's, you know, my collection was originally mail order items and, you know, a couple of robots here and there, but that thing grew into monsters into haunted houses, uh, haunted railroads, whatever, ghost trains, books, uh, every type of subject you can think comic books and you know when when you have comic books that exceed 27,000 plus that that's really a pain in the butt you know and it's all basically because I used to love the ads in them um, it's very hard for me to get rid of a comic book um, it's it's just something that I hold on to and other than that uh, Joe uh, go ahead what's new on your side 
No, you know, not much new over here. I've just been I'm working on a, a new article for for Scary Monsters, which I believe the um, the pre order for the next one is uh, is still out, or it's it's shipping. I'm gonna I'm gonna check right now. It's actually issue number one twenty six, and it is shipping. It's the uh, Tolkien's Evil Beasts and Mythol Mythical Monsters. So it is shipping, and it will be out in the uh, the bookstores very soon. That's issue number one twenty six. So I'm working on a article for I think it's issue one twenty eight right now. I, I've just started. Um, been doing a lot of reading on some different, uh, some different subjects and all that. You know, still with my classic monster stuff. I'm trying to get caught up on on the pile of magazines I have you know, collecting on my kitchen table and, um, you know, that, that's basically about it. Just trying to catch up on some reading. I got a, I got a ton of books, you know, me and my wife are real big readers. So we have a, a, a ton of books and, you know, I'm one of those people where I like to have one book, one or two books where I'm reading and, you know, 10 other ones waiting on the, on the side. So, you know, I, I have a, a nice, option to choose from depending on what kind of mood i'm in so and I, I was i was thinking too this this weekend because i'm off fridays and saturdays is i wanted to you know take about an hour or two and read some comic books because it's been a while since i've actually you know, dug into my books and you know like you i've got a ton of them i think i'm sitting somewhere around sixty thousand now at the height of my collection, because I've sold a lot over the years, I was sitting very close to a hundred thousand. What? Well, what a second, Joe. Yeah. You're supposed to surpass me, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a whole, a whole, um, my attic, which is like a, a, they call it a third bedroom in the Cape Cod, is all comic books. And probably about five or six years ago, I was sitting very close to it to a hundred thousand, but I. I sold a, a ton over the years doing some shows and eBay. So I'm at about 60 or 70 uh, right now. And I'm trying to cut down uh, maybe about 10,000 more, five to 10,000 more. So uh, one of my buddies just sent me a link that there might be a Comic-Con coming around my area, Youngstown Comic-Con. Um, I don't know if it's going to be this summer or next summer, but I'm hoping that that comes back because I'd like to set up again there and sell some of my books off for, for pretty cheap. And there's usually some good grabs there too. So yeah, but I, I, I it's been a while since I've went through my books. So I kind of want to, you know, just pick out a few, you know, some superhero ones, some horror ones, and, you know, just kind of sit down and good cup of coffee and, you know, just dig into them a little bit. Um, that, that, what's that? I want to ask you a question when you say, how did you get to that amount of comic books? I mean, since you were little, you just bought them as you. Yeah, you know what? I've been collecting since probably, you know, around 90, 91, maybe a little bit earlier. And then um, when I got out of the military, I really started buying a lot. I was buying every new book that came out, plus you know, a lot of back issues. And then I was co-owner of a comic book shop for about a year. So I accumulated a lot of, at that time. I was buying a lot and it's just, you know, for probably about a good solid 10 years, I was doing nothing but buying comic books, new books and back issues, just buying them like crazy. So now yeah, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, so did you, um, are they all mostly new comics or from the 70s like me? No, you know what? I've sold, I, I've actually, I, I've purged a lot of my 2000 to present books, which when I stopped buying new books was around 2018, 2019. So it was in that, it's in that time frame of, of the books that I've sold. But I've got everything else from, gosh, the late 20s, you know, the platinum age of, of comics to the year 2000. Most of my collection deals in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And I have um, quite a few from probably the 40s and 50s that are, you know, your oddball Dell and gold key comic books, which I love those you know, those cartoon stories that come from there, the, the Disney ones, the Looney Tunes and all that. So, but yeah, I've, I've purged over the years and I've, I've got about eight long boxes or so of, of newer books that I'd like to get rid of. And, you know, I, I just have to go through my stuff some more and see what else I want to, to get rid of. Cause there is some uh, post 2000 books that I have kept, um, like my Green Lantern and Justice League series from DC and uh, some Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman stuff. So there is some stuff that I do want to keep because I, I, I'd like the artwork on the covers and the stories were great. But, you know, it, it's, you know, like you, Eddie, you know, our, our collection starts to overtake everything. And there's there's other stuff out there that I, I want to add to my collection, but I just need the room and I'm looking for a lot more older stuff. So if I could cut down a lot more of my comics, then, you know, I, I could, you know, have the money and room to, to grab some of these older stuff, mostly dealing with like older horror collectibles and all that. Cause there's, there's just tons of stuff out there, but you know, it's, it's, you know, not only buying it, but it's about the hunt too. You know how it is. You know, we, we love the hunt and looking for this stuff and looking on eBay, looking at shows, you know, Craigslist you know, talking to people and just trying to hunt down these, these awesome, you know, pieces for our collection. So, you know, what's been going on with me lately? Yeah. The, what I was going to say to you when you're saying comic books, one of the collections I'm kind of, I I believe I have every single one. Uh, I have a lot of duplicates probably in it. It's like a grew the wanderer. That was one of my favorite uh, comic book. And I read every one of those because they're hilarious. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Gru? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have the whole run of that. Yeah, Sergio oh, Argonis. That was yeah. probably one of his best series. Yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, so I guess you're the second person I met that actually has the whole run. But um, <laughs> the, the thing also that I liked uh, was Ghost Rider. After, uh, I, you know, Ghost Rider was always like a cool topic, a cool comic. But when I, fr- I first saw the, the first Ghost Rider film, I liked it so much with Nicolas Cage. That I wound up looking for everything. I bought the whole run of Ghost Rider. <laughs> you know, I really like the Ghost, you know, all the Ghost Rider books, but really the stuff that was in the 90s, like the, the whole Midnight Sun series, it really got kind of like um, uh, really, you know, a lot, a lot of like horror elements to it, you know, a lot of dealing with monsters and everything. And that's kind of where I started with the Ghost Rider. And I, I just, I love that era of, of ghost rider so it it is really good now the other thing i I was looking at the other day i found um i think it was those big boxes i I, if i'm correct do they hold about 500 comics the big ones and 250 small ones the the long ones they carry 
depending on the size of the book, anywhere from like 280 to 320 to 340 books. Okay, so the long ones I found, like, I think it was four boxes filled with just Casper the Friendly Ghost, Richie Rich, and Spooky. Um, I used to love Casper and Spooky the Friendly Oh, yes, Ghost. Casper is one of my favorites, too. Yeah. That that was a phenomenal, I, and I even to this day, whenever I do come across when I read them, uh, I really like them, especially the Richie Rich ones. Now I was a big, big uh, follower of Richie Rich and stuff, and um, I would buy. But like I said, Casper for some reason, Spooky, and I used to I have a lot of Sad Sacks as well. Uh, Sad Sack was another one of my favorite, and Beetle Bailey, but Beetle Bailey didn't come out in comics as much as Sad Sack did. So I stayed with the uh, with the sad sack. Now, what I was going to say, though, is in my collection, one of the things I also did discover, which it's something I'm going to need to probably talk to you about, is there was a lot of graphic novels there. I think I have the first run of The Black Knight, um, a couple of. Now, I came across those, and why did I buy them? I don't really know why, uh, because I, I, I only buy comics for the ads in them. So what I would do even to this day when I go to comic book stores and, and I go, I start opening them from the boards and stuff. And I look through them before I purchase them. And it has to have an ad. And if I see an ad, I usually take it, you know. Always uh, my research was always into what this company sold, um, <clears throat> that company. You know, because I was always in back of the monsters and stuff that were sold in mail order. Um I know that I counted 27,000 comics back in about 2018. 20, I mean, I, I since probably bought a few more out. I don't know. But um, I tend to, you know what I do? I go into eBay when I see those lots. Like they'll have a 30 Casper the Friendly Ghost and the lots are going for between 30, 40 bucks. I usually jump on that. Um, so I don't know how many repeats I have. I just love old comics, and it, I've noticed with me, it's been very hard for me to sell old comics. But saying that, have do you think have you come across any comics that had my Fun Factory ad from '93? Do you have any in your list there? Yeah, you know, we talked about it, I think a few of um, few podcasts back about the one uh, I believe it was a Superman that, I think, that had Christmas on the cover. Yeah, that one. So I'm sure I have. I have whatever else in there because I have mostly com- complete runs of, you know, almost everything, especially if it went through the 70s, 80s and 90s. So okay. I'm sure that I have a, a few of those with with the ads in it. But, you know, over the year, probably years ago when I read them, I, you know, I probably looked at the ad and didn't think, you know, twice about it or anything or remember it. So, yeah, yeah sure I was going to say a sky from uh, Stupid Comics recently sent me a, one of the original 1970s ads for Fun Factory. And uh, he wanted actually me to sign it, which was kind of funny. And what I did is I, I, I looked at some old comic that was really in bad condition. And it was very hard, even in bad condition, for me to rip out a page for it. <laughs> um, I mean, and then I realized I had two or three of them. So I did. And then, of course, I don't like to see a comic with a rip page. So I ripped up the rest and discarded it. So that I wouldn't see it, but I did cut out a few of the ads inside of it before I did. Um, what I was going to say is, I sent him that, and then I I sent him one from the new run um, that has, you know, I think it's 1992 uh, for sale in January. I'm saying 93, but I think it's a 92 Christmas edition. Not Christmas. It's the 1992 
January issue that went on sale on Christmas or February issue. And every February issue uh, from 1992 of DC Comics has my ad in it. Because when, it, when you run an ad, it goes across the spectrum of every comic they publish. So my ad came out in black and white color. Um, it came out in, a, in quite a few of them. Uh, so, you know, like I said, why was some had black and white, some had color? I don't know because I did submit a color ad, <laughs> but I, I did realize that it, uh, the other day I noticed they also had it in black and white uh, when I was looking for one to send uh, Sky. Um, so, I, you know, I sent it to him and stuff. And then uh, I sent you something. Did you want to make a comment on what you got and let me know what you think of it? Oh, are you talking about the the magic set? That is correct, my friend. You haven't mentioned it, so yeah. I tell you what, it looks. Yeah, I, you know, I actually was going to mention it with Wayne for the podcast here. I thought uh, Chuck was going to be on, but apparently he's he's stuck in traffic, so I wanted to mention it with him. Actually, no. Guess what? Our friend Chuck has joined. Hi, Chuck. Hey guys. Hey I'm, Chuck. There you go. What's up? Yeah, I'm back. I got. Uh, I just got in from the magic show. I was at a retirement home and. Uh, Man, this is the first. This is pretty amazing. I actually performed behind a like a, a plate of glass, like a Lexan stand. Uh, you know what? It was it was an assisted living place, but it was the the, the part where they're real like you know like kind of ill. You know what I mean? And so they wanted to make sure, so they willed this contraption in, and I set up my show behind it. I'll actually post a couple pictures on the forum. You know and. You know what? This is the this is the first I've ever done something like this. It was it was like it was like pretty crazy. So my wife was with me too, and so we set up and performed the show behind a uh, sheet of uh, a clear, <laughs> clear plexiglass. Is that crazy? Nice. <laughs> That's nice. Hey, hey Chuck, you know right now um, my hands are still shaking and my legs are shaking. When you know, I thought when I kept saying, "Wow, I got twenty seven thousand plus comics. What a collection!" <laughs> and then Joe comes back and tells me he's close to a hundred thousand. Oh I my! I started shaking. I, I couldn't. I, I'm still shaking. From <laughs> wow! I didn't well, I, I at one point I did have close to a hundred thousand. I'm, I'm sitting at maybe about sixty now because I've sold a, a ton over the years, and I, oh I've, my goodness, I actually want to cut that down by about another ten thousand or so and just keep a wow. How much of a room does that? How much of a space does that take up, Joe? Must but take up pretty much of a of a room i guess right or one yeah you know what i i live in the cape cod so i have uh the attic which is is basically a a third considered a third bedroom because it, mm -hmm. it's it's you know all furnished and complete so pretty much the whole attic is where I'm, I'm actually sitting at right now where i do the podcast i have all my uh comics up there and i have to keep it you know i have to keep it kind of temperature controlled so yeah, mostly right. during the summertime i run an air condition on the hot days, twenty four seven, and then in the you know winter time, fall and all that, it's it's very cool. So I I kind of keep my my door open that way the air flows and I have um, blinds on the lights so nothing comes or on Isn't the window. That amazing, you really yeah. got to yeah. It's almost like a cigar. You got to keep it in the proper temperature with the humidor yeah, and everything. Yeah, and, and you know what? And I actually have two um, comic book spinner racks up here. That I, I acquired a, a couple years ago. I know we've talked about them on on past podcasts, but you know I'll try to take some pictures today and um, and, and throw them I on the the um, the website. But it's a mess up here. But at least you know you'll be able to kind of see what it. it wow. Looks. Joe, you know, it might look a mess to some people, but to me, it's working. No, Joe, Joe, I was gonna say you should actually do a like a ten minute, fifteen minute special on your comic book collection because 
I'm fascinated from hearing that. Yeah, that would be that would be cool, Joe. You really should do a video yeah. on that. Yeah, maybe I'll yeah, maybe I'll do something like that and I could pick out, you know, maybe yeah. 50 of the best books I have and do you keep each of the comic books in like a in the protective uh, vinyl type of a clear thing? Is that what you put them in? Or? Yeah, I have. I I'm, I'm very meticulous on how I keep them, so I always keep them. You know, whether they're worth five cents or five thousand dollars, I keep them in a, a bag and board. Yeah. You know, I, I've always done that over the years, and even when I buy old comic books, mm-hmm. and you know, back in like the eighties and nineties when they were using. Um, those bags they they weren't archival so they had they and they weren't acid free so Uh-oh. you start seeing a lot of that yellowing in the bag yeah so I, I always replace those as well to new you know like archival bags that will last 25 plus years and, and won't yellow so I, I that i keep them in you know comic book um you know the regular white boxes and all that and mm-hmm. i do have some that i've acquired over the years that are graded uh, I do have some very good key graded books, but you, you know what the the I I I have kind of like a love hate thing for the graded ones because I, I I believe you know comic books should be you know read and enjoyed, mm-hmm. and when you grade them, you know you're kind of you're, you're right. just stuck with it. You can't open it up or anything. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But you yeah. know what? At the same time, I do see um, the collectability in, in the graded ones and. Um, and what they could be used for but i i i i'm not really you know what i'm not really too confident with these grading companies because i've seen some things over the years i don't like the way that they handle books and how they've um there was actually a famous video online about two or three years ago of a guy who took a um which one was it i think it was a superman number one Mm-hmm. We took it to this this guy at a comic show who worked for CGC, and to just give a, an initial look at and and grade, and he was videotaping it on his phone, and so the first thing they do is a page count, and the way the guy was handling these pages w- was just like I, I was I my, I was astonished, like my mouth was agape. <laughs> you you could see on the video where he's bending the pages and everybody that was re- replying to it was, wow. you know, like what, what is this guy doing? You know? And then I've heard rumors over the years that, that, and I could actually see this, you know, you put on your, your tinfoil conspiracy hats for this one, but yeah, yeah. it does kind of make sense is that. And like I said, I, I've noticed it over the years is that if you're a comic book shop, and you you have an account, we'll say like CGC, that, that's the main one for comic books, mm-hmm. and you're sending in a ton of books to them. They're making a lot off of you. Right. So you're sending in your prime books that you're hoping to get, you know, a 9.0, a 9.4, 9.6, because then, you know, you can make more money off of it. So I've, I've heard and I've, I've kind of seen where – a lot of these bigger companies that send in more of these books are more apt to get a higher grade mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. a book. Whereas if I was to send it in or a company that didn't send much in would send the same book would probably get, you wow. know, a lower grade. That's more, um, more true to the book, mm-hmm. you know? So there, there is a lot of that, that, 
you know, they're, they're intentionally grading these books higher because these people are making more money. So they're going to come back and, and send more books in to spend more money. Isn't, so. isn't that a shame that stuff like that still exists? I mean, yeah. wow. You know, really. Hey, but hey, but Joe mentioned, uh, I mean, uh, Eddie, the uh, the magic kit. I tell you what, it, it is a beautiful kit, man, if I do say so myself. And, yeah, you know what? I, I was surprised that I got it. And um, I just want to describe it real quick. And then I'm going to turn it over to to you or Eddie to let everyone know where they could find any, if there's any left. But I tell you what, it comes in a very nice box. It's shrink wrapped and it says, we dare you unleash <laughs> Chuck Caputo's horror magic set. Illusions from beyond the grave. And I tell you what, you have, um, what's there? Five handmade uh, magic sets in here. So we have the gathering zombie with a brain floating shrunken head. Monkey's Paw, Hercules Death Pillar, Phantom Dollar Bill, Spirit Time, Mind Reading Swami, Deep Space Terror, and Haunted Severed Finger. Yeah, right. So there's a ton of stuff in there. Plus, there's also a bonus from the grave, Houdini's Last Letter. Plus, very, very nice. Force. Now, my question, Joe, have you opened yours? No, I, I am not <laughs> opening it. I knew it. I told that to Chuck. I said, Chuck, Joe will never open it. <laughs> no, nope, I will not open it. No, there, there's no way. But you know what, Eddie? Um, let let our, our listeners out there know if, if they're still able to get this, this magic set and where they could find it at. Well, I only have approximately three left. Uh, they can find it on Etsy, but I'm going to add it probably in my website tonight that I fixed the problem. I was adding it last night, but uh, the pictures, for some reason, were not uploading. Because, of course, in my job, I have a very slow internet. I have a 1,000 over a 1,000 in my home, so I'm able to do it tonight probably. I did add the haunting in a box, which is it's a similar item, uh, which is only two pieces made. And there's only one left of that. Um, I, actually, I'm sorry. There's two left of that. So once that goes, that goes. Now, with, now there's only a limited of ten of these boxes, correct? Of the one that you have, there was a limit of eight. No. Okay, eight. So, and now, what's the uh, what's the name of the site on Etsy? Uh, what do they? It's they House of the Unusual. House, House of the Unusual on Etsy. Okay, yeah. So make sure you guys out there go there because there there's only like Eddie said three of these sets left out of eight so they're going fast and they'll never be done again everything in there is handmade by our our very own Chuck Caputo and Chuck that was a a pretty tedious process was it not yeah that was labor of love man it was <laughs> it was like oh my goodness yeah i mean it took me many many hours and and the thing i wanted to mention is Eddie's uh packaging i mean and the uh, design of the label on the box itself. It's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, like it has that old, like you said, a comic book type of a feel to yeah, it. You know, we're about comic book. It's really cool. And uh, each, each item is individually packaged and wrapped and it's just, it's just really, really uh, fantastic. And this is a, this is a high end kit. I mean, you know what, this isn't, you know, cheap little plastic things that come from China and so forth. Like you said, it's all, it's all handcrafted by myself. And it, it was, it was really like, it was really like a labor of love. But you know what? It's an excellent, excellent kit. And, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, if I could have had one of these back when I was younger, oh, my goodness, I would have I would have been in heaven. You know, now is this now this 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 is a, an expensive and exclusive kit. So, you know, th- this is this is for the professionals out there or the people that want to, you know, up their magic game or 
if you're a magic collector, th- this is the kit that you want you want to grab. And like I said, there there was only eight made by Chuck, and there's there's three left. So once they're gone, they're gone, and you're not going to find these again out there, people. Not going to build those again. It was just it was just way too much work. Like I said, and you know it was it was fantastic doing it, and I had a lot of fun and everything. But yeah, that was just enough. I mean, oh my goodness. But uh, yeah, you know what? On to on to other things. But uh, yeah, but the packaging, like I said, is out of this world. Like I said, so so uh, you know what? Eddie did a fantastic job, and you know what I like too. He has a commercial for this that he put on, like a little video. If you can find that, I don't know if uh, maybe Eddie could list it on this on his website or possibly on the forum. But it's a really really it's like only maybe three minutes long, but ooh, it is cool. It's actually a minute long. <laughs> a minute, okay. Okay. Uh, is that that's on the YouTube channel, Eddie? Um, you know what? I think it's on the Etsy uh, thing. I, I'm gonna upload it today to our channel to watch this. It is, it is cool. And you know what? Why don't um, you know we'll, we'll provide a link in in the show notes, Eddie. Once I send you the the podcast. Uh, description and all that just add a link to the etsy site uh right on there that way it's easier if someone's listening and they want to go straight to the etsy site they can click that link and boom they're they're right there to, to they, the they'll be able to let me ask you a question uh, uh joe i guess you got the computer by you can you see if it's maybe listed on the uh not the forum but on the uh blog the website blog on the blog let me see i'm gonna pull it up now on their house of the unusual dust. Um, I, I did that commercial for whatever, but uh, one thing I want to tell you guys see. looking forward. Um, you know, what, I I don't see it on the blog. No, you don't see it on the blog. No, it's not on the, on the blog. Okay, I, I guess yeah, I, I guess I, I I'm trying to think where it originally posted it because when I was doing the commercial, I hadn't finished the magic set completely yet. So I didn't want to, you know, start launching and people start ordering and then I go crazy trying to do it, you know, put it together. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a cool commercial, man. It has a flickering lights and it's just really neat. I mean, you know, Eddie did a great job on that as well. Yeah. And you know, and one thing I wanted to bring up before I, I forget or before we run out of uh, time, and well, we still got a half hour. But one thing I wanted to bring up, because we've been mentioning the forum too, is, is if anyone out there doesn't know, we have a, a website, houseoftheunusual.com, and there's a free forum site that you could sign up and join there. There's tons of uh, discussions going on. But you know what's really cool is that a few months ago, Todd Machen, our, our Sea Monkey King, he, he posted a, uh, um, a photo in, I believe it was general discussion or one of the collector uh, categories about, some items that he was going to give away and i was lucky enough to beat eddie to it and taught <laughs> me these items for free so you know the other day i had ordered a bunch of um books and magazines from creepyclassics.com which is home of the monster bash and i had ordered a magazine that i i already had it was um one of the monster bash issues with creature on it and you know when i was ordering i knew i had it somewhere i checked my magazines and I, I couldn't find it. So I said, yeah, you know, maybe I just seen the issue somewhere, but I ended up locating it on my uh, attic steps under a pile of books. So I put the issue on there that anybody responds, you know, they could get it for free. And Todd was the first one to respond. You know, he's a big uh, creature, of the black lagoon fan. You know, I guess that's his, uh, you know, maybe like the, his monster for the sea monkeys under there. So it's <laughs> underwater theme, but you know, he, he was um, 
he was the lucky one to get the winner, winner, chicken dinner. So I'm going to send him that magazine for free. But I tell you what, guys, join the forum, interact on there. There's, you know, you might be able to pick up something for free on there because there's people that have these huge collections and we've all been, been blessed with, you know, such great stuff to have. And, you know, if we could give stuff away and make somebody's day happy, you know, we will. And if you want to do the same, you know, feel free to put it up there because, you know, we're, we've always said we're, we're like a big family on here. So we take care of each other. And if we could make your day, make you smile, you know, we'll do that when we can. And just going through some of my collection um, over these past few days and getting some stuff to put up on eBay and all that, there are so, there is some collectibles I found that you know I, I don't want to keep anymore, and it's not worth trying to sell. But you know what, it will be worth giving away. So you know, over the next you know couple weeks, couple months or so, every now and then, I'm gonna throw something up on the website for a uh, a free giveaway. And it's, you know, it's absolutely free. I, you know, I pay for the the shipping and everything. You just get it in the mail and that's it. So all you got to do is be the first one to respond with, you know, something like Joe is awesome or, you know, Joe is way better than Eddie and Chuck, you know, something like that. You know, you'll win. <laughs> Where are you listing it under the forum? You know what? It, it'll be somewhere in, in the forum. I, I won't, nice. that's, I won't that's a good say idea. where. Because I want people to kind of, you know, start interacting with the forum. And I tell you what, if you're out there and you're on our forum or you want to join and you got some stuff that you want to give away to people, you know, feel free to go on there or to show us. You know, we always I, I love seeing pictures of, of people's uh, collections and all that different stuff yeah. they got. And, you know, a lot of the, the regulars on there show some really cool stuff. So, but yeah, make sure you guys check the forums. Um, you know, and, and there'll be some stuff posted on there. Joe, uh, that, that is only Eddie could not win anything. <laughs> Joe, uh, I was gonna say that's a phenomenal idea, man. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. You know, I really like that whole thing for our thing. It's something I might actually uh, consider looking forward and doing myself. One thing I also want to bring to your attention, Joe. I think you would like this. I think I mentioned it before to you, where I send you a link. There's a uh, YouTube channel, and it's run by a girl named Antonia Carlotta. Italian girl, whatever, give or take. She, uh, you know, she's a pretty girl there and stuff. But I, I was noticing in her channel, I didn't because I had never heard her before, that she has all this Universal monster stuff. And the reason is because her family was the original owner of Universals. Her uncle was the guy that started Universal. And she was saying how it was kind of taken from her family. Um, you know, how her family lost Universal. And I think uh, Chuck uh, heard the story. Yeah, it's very, very, very interesting. Check it out, definitely. Yeah, one particular film that Universal was doing, and her uncle borrowed some eight hundred and something thousand dollars to complete the film, and then the film, you know, could not be completed in time, and he borrowed the money and promised to pay it back in three months. So what happened was, as I think he lost the studios, and and it was taken over by another corporation, who now, you know, Universal is one of the biggest things, and it's kind of funny because she goes. I wish I could have been, you know, um, like a Hilton. Uh, what's the name of that Hilton girl? Yeah, Paris Hilton. Yeah, like a Paris Hilton. She says, I'm not, but uh, she's happy to show. And one thing about her, though, is she has such a phenomenal uh, background on the monsters. Oh, she knows She knows about everything. Oh, my Everything. Goodness. I've never seen anything like it. Um, 
you would probably be good to follow her, Joe. I think you'll like her a lot. Yeah, you really get a kick out of it. Uh, the one yeah. video was about Boris Karloff's makeup. You know, I wish I would have known this. I would have asked Sarah Karloff about this, you know, back when she was on the podcast. I mean, but all of the hours it took to, for him to get dressed up as the mummy and the uh, linen was had clay on it. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Boris Karloff was the man. Yeah, I think wow. a lot of those, a lot of those actors that, you know, especially the ones that Jack Pierce worked on, you know, the Wolfman and all that. He, right. uh, God, he he took hours to do his stuff. He was so meticulous. And could I you know. imagine sitting there for hours every day getting all this makeup? Yeah, I don't know if I could have did that. To be honest with you, I don't know. Wow. Yeah, you know, there there's some cool photos out there. You could, they're famous photos of Boris Karloff. Uh, getting his makeup put on and he's he's sipping on some tea you know <laughs> yeah he was he was he was amazing i mean the more i find out about him he was just unbelievable i tell wow. you what i i have i don't know if you guys have checked out yet on the the forum site i i got a, i posted it on their books books and more books i part of the lot of books that i bought from creepy classics the other day there was a um a book it's called the films of boris karloff by richard Borjarski and Kenneth oh, Bills and wow, um, would be cool. it's fantastic. I, I I briefly flipped through it and, and was checking out some of the photos and all that, but I, I can't wait to, to read that. I have one that's just like that, but it's um Bela Lugosi and it and it's phenomenal. But yeah, I can't wait to really dig into oh, this. Yeah. That would be cool. Somebody was on the forum, Joe, not too long ago, which I have these these marionettes. I want to I want to dig them out and actually get a couple of pictures. Uh, somebody listed the uh, Pelham skeleton, the break apart skeleton, which is really a cool marionette. And I do have that. It's, it's uh, made in the UK by Pelham. I believe you know, that was, I believe that was Todd that. Uh, that was Todd. That. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause you know what, about a year ago, maybe a little longer, I actually built a, a marionette stage and I got like some cool marionettes. I got a Michael Jackson one, I uh, built a, a Frank Sinatra one, you know, where he's singing and everything. And I got little voice tracks to go with it and everything. Because you know what? You know, uh, God willing, uh, someday if I retire, you know what? I might end up doing this, you know, like, uh, you know, like on the side. like uh, So it's like a cute little stage with neat curtains. And I do have the uh, Break Apart Skeleton, which is really neat. It was it was built very, very well. Yeah, very, very cool. I, I love those. I wish I knew how to do those those marionettes but they, I, i've always liked seeing you know when you you see them mostly like in old movies where they'll be walking down the street and you know they'll see a show of, of the marionettes I, I always thought those were cool oh they're fantastic yeah, yeah. Well, when you're saying that stuff one of the things i liked about antonia colada's website was the fact that um she was able to say so many stories about how the monsters and the makeup and you know how the props and i, I don't know if guess if if she studied extra into it because i've never seen anybody with that knowledge base on you know old movies and she's probably in her late 30s or mid 30s she doesn't look that old yeah she's a fairly young girl to have all this knowledge is really really unbelievable it is it's totally unbelievable and it's kind of funny though because i always looked at uh you know when we were talking about comic books and stuff i looked at collectors as people had the most comic books and, and joe shocked me today um, I wow, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know you had that many. Oh, yeah, I was like, wow, man. I've been collecting for a while. Like I said, when I when I got when I got out of the army and and was finally done and could sit down and collect, I kind of went crazy. You went crazy. <laughs> you, you know, know what? what? 
I love the smell. You know what? I love the smell of an old comic book. I can't describe it, which you know, which I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. It's oh, that, oh yeah, that old pulp smell. God, if yeah, I yeah, it's that clone, I would. I'd wear it every day. But you know what, what's what's funny, guys, is that. So I, I, when I got out of the the army, I was you know over in Kosovo and came back to the states and I met my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and I, I had moved in with her at the time. She had a, a little townhouse. And we were in there for, you know, several months before we moved out. But I said, hey, you know, I want to bring my comic books in from my parents' house. You know, I, I want to go through them. I hadn't gone through them in, in years because I was always, you know, gone with the military and in, in different states and everything. So at that time, I had about 12 long boxes. And I remember sitting them in, in the, the living room at our townhouse and uh, I, I came back from from overseas with with quite a bit of money in the bank because everything was tax free and <laughs> you know you didn't spend any any money because you know you were gone Every, you know there was no need to spend it so I, I pretty much spent ninety percent of it on comics so wow. my twelve long boxes turned into twenty four long boxes so I had to move them to the uh, we had on the second floor it was like a loft so I kept them in there. And then it just kept building. And she'll make wow. a comment every once in a while. She goes, you know, I remember the time when you said you were getting your comics from your parents and you came and there was 12, you know, these long boxes. And I said, oh, that's not too bad. She goes, now you have a whole attic full of them. And oh, there's you know, like 200 boxes. <laughs> you know, one question I got I got to just ask you, Joe, do you have um, up in the attic there, the weight, isn't that kind of like a, a worrisome thing that the, the ceiling would not hold that? Um, I ho- I hope it holds. <laughs> uh, I hope so. You better no. put it in the right places on top of the joists. Yeah, yeah you know, I have them all kind of you know outlined against the the wall. Nothing's in the middle. Well, of it, so we we see you when you do your podcast and stuff. We see them behind, and um, you know this is going to kill you. But uh, I have a, out of mine, I think only probably five to six thousand are backed and boarded. <laughs> The rest are all loose. Oh, that would drive me crazy. <laughs> Just remember, Joe, I came from the 70s and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, yeah. you really didn't board. And, and I mean, you know what it is? I, I know you own the comic book store, co-owned the comic book store. And that probably is where you got you the, the biggest of your collection. But the thing with comic books and stuff is... It takes hours, man, hours and hours just to bag stuff. I bought myself uh, four long boxes a few months ago, and I bought about 500, um, maybe a 1,000 of the boards. And and I said, you know, I'm going to start putting my comics into that. And I've had them here on the side now almost four months, and I haven't done so. Uh, because You know, you the- know what I, I like doing is is I'll, I'll sit in front of the TV and put on a – a horror movie or something, and I'll I'll bag and board while I watch the movie, and before you know it, it's all done. <laughs> They're all done. Yeah. yeah. You remind me, Joe, back when I got married to my wife, the same scenario. Uh, when <laughs> when we bought this house, I brought all magic over from my parents' house, and she was so disgusted. I had head choppers, arm choppers, production boxes, scarves, rubber chickens. She said, "What is going on?" She was so disgusted. And I said, "Oh man," but <laughs> what are you going to yeah, do? That's kind of you know my my collection kind of. Rules the house. I have the whole attic is is full of all my my comic book, you know, stuff, toys and and comics. And then I have we have a basement that's finished, and it's kind of like it's weird. It's kind of like divided in half by a wall, 
So I have the one side is um is all my you know horror stuff and 80s toys and then uh half of the other side is kind of like an overflow I have on shelves of of different toys and all that from the 80s. Yeah. But I've been meaning to I, I do want to kind of take all my horror comic books and move them to the basement mm-hmm. to keep kind of like that whole that that stuff all together and then bring some of those toys up to the attic. And also that will alleviate some of the weight on the, um, right, right. The floor too. But I, I did do some reading, um, a couple of years ago about weight in the attic. And it says that you could hold about the, the weight of a car up on the attic. So I, oh, okay. I think I should be don't, good. Don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, take, yeah. don't take it for granted. No, the reason I'm saying that, because I know attic sometimes there are parts where the boards are not that. So I was just, that's why I kind of came into my mind. Another thing about the attic is your attic looks pretty darn fixed and good, but I know it's super hot. So I do know that you're probably having a little situation there with keeping the air conditioner. You know, another thing I was going to say, I I keep it on low on the hot days. I keep it on low. And then usually in the, at night I I turn it off and I keep the door closed and it'll be good until the next morning. And I just, you know, turn it back on. So I do keep it real nice and controlled. And what's good about my basement too, is that, when we bought the house, the um, well, we moved into here when my grandfather passed away. But the lady he bought the house from, she she spent a ton of money and got the whole basement, um, uh, waterproofed. She oh, that's did, that's important. Yeah, yeah. She did the she did the walls, the floor, oh, um, the outside. I mean, this thing like there there's nothing getting through it. I, I've never oh. seen anything like it. And I talked to a buddy of mine, and he said, "Oh, this is a couple thousand dollar job." So, you know, I, I still run a uh, dehumidifier down there because, you know, you still will get some moisture right. that will creep right. down the steps through the windows. But, you know, I, I have books. I have books and magazines down there and I, that I've had down there for the last five years, and they're they're still spotless. I hey, mean, that's a, hey, that's a big plus, Joe, because when, when we first bought our house, some water came into the basement when it, uh, when it rained real hard, and I had a French drain this place twice. And so yeah. I was out there, you know, I mean, I was a lot younger then, but I was out there twice, uh, French draining the whole thing myself. Digging, uh, digging around the house. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you put those stones down, those AB stones, and you put the, the, the tubing with the holes, and you put the stones on. So it was a lot I mean, but I did, yeah. uh, you know, what I actually did the work myself. It saved a lot of money because these guys wanted to charge, like you said, thousands. And so I just went out there. I just took a couple weekends, and I did it, you know. You know yeah, something you- that, I'm, that I'm gonna, I don't mean to scare you with this, Joe, but it's something you have to be very careful. Well, one, is in your attic, the fact that it's hot means it probably is very dry. So that's a good thing. But it's also a bad thing. And I'll tell you what, one time, uh, and this happened in my house. So this is something you should always look forward and and check out. Your basement with the humidifier, I know seems, because I have kept my thing in my daughter's house uh, for the last, which is bizarre, because so far I've I've rented a 17-foot U-Haul and three 15-foot (laughs) U-Hauls. And 10, 10 rides in my car, oh my which goodness. is a CRV, and I still have to get another U-Haul for Monday. Uh. So I don't know if it's a lot, little, but here's the thing I was going to say. I have in my house, of course, um, I have one walk-in closet. I have a total of five closets in my house, and one of them is a walk-in that's filled to the rim with all my stuff. And then the one that's across, and now here's the thing, my hallway is 27 feet long. So I have a very long hallway, and there's uh one bathroom there's two bathrooms in the hallway okay 
And across from the hallway, there's two closets. And the one that's not right diagonally across where the, the big bathroom is, but it's like maybe two feet to the left. Like when you come out of the bathroom door, you, it's right across, but it's two feet further up. And I had bagged magazines and comics and everything. And I had them inside that closet with the door closed. I guess when people took showers and stuff, uh, as I don't know how in the world uh, the heat or the humidity was able to get in there. Wow. And I took out one day uh, one of the comics or something like that, and it looked like moisture had gone inside the plastic thing. I'm Ooh. like, how the heck? So wow. one thing I'm also going to tell you is, like, you ever gone to a flea market? When you go, people have comic books boarded and stuff, and it's super hot out there. And for some crazy reason, water built up inside the plastic. Mm -hmm. So that is why I kind of don't like those plastic covers. I know they're acid free and they protect your comic, but at the same time, it, it could be a double-edged sword. Um, that's just something I, I thought I'd bring your way. Well, here's the one thing which, which I know what you're talking about. And if, if people out there, if they do their, their bags and boards, right, it'll actually kind of um, seal it airtight so you won't get stuff in there but yeah people should 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 always be concerned about moisture of any kind because you know nothing's nothing out there is a hundred percent but you know if you are keeping your your comics in your basement make sure you're running a dehumidifier and, and you're checking on it because it you know sometimes they'll fill up quickly and if you are keeping them in in a hot room make sure you have an air condition running so that there's cool and it's you know the air condition will take that moisture out and it, it's you know nothing's a hundred percent out there. You just got to do the, the best you can. Um, I've been doing my system for probably the last you know twenty years, and thankfully I haven't had any issues mm -hmm. uh, with moisture in in the books. And I have, I've actually, if you guys out there get some of these old books that do smell moldy, mm -hmm. I, I found some good techniques that will take. You gotta um, tell us that, Joe. That's yeah, it, it, about to ask you. the mold out, and and it won't take a hundred percent of the mold out, but you'll get a good 80, 90 percent out. So one of the things you could do is, and this takes a little bit more time, is you you set the book on a table or something in front of the dehumidifier, and every day just turn a page, and it will it will take some of that mold out, some of that mm. moisture out. Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Also, you could put the book. You now both of these versions are they're time consuming because you got to constantly you know move the pages, but um, get a box of baking soda, open it, you know put it in a Tupperware uh, container big enough to hold the the box of baking soda and your book, and open up the the comic book in uh in um you know a Tupperware container, put it in there and put the lid on it, and then every day go back in you know turn a page or two you know, put the lid back on and it will take some of that, that moldy smell out. Wow. That's some good advice. Yeah. I've had some real good experience with that. Like I said, you're, you're not going to get, you know, a hundred percent of the mold out, but you mm -hmm. will get a majority, majority of it majority. out and, and you'll be a lot more happier with the book. Uh, there's also now for the covers too. I got some great ideas for the, the covers that a, a buddy of mine, we, we actually looked into years ago. So there's a thing out there. It's called pressing that a lot of um, these uh, comic book dealers and all that are using. So when you have a cover that's, you know, kind of wrinkly, you could get an old uh, shirt press. You know that they use to put on the, you know, the the designs and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
So what you do is you press the book for, you know, a couple seconds, you know, 20 seconds, anywhere to 20 to 60 seconds, and it will get the wrinkles out of the book. And then you take it off of there and you put it in between two um, uh, ceramic uh, plates to cool it down. Mm-hmm. And just leave it sit, you know, overnight, and it will it'll flatten out the book very well. It'll get out the wrinkles, and it will also draw the color back out of the ink, so it'll get a more vibrant color. Oh, too. wow! What a so, neat idea. Yeah. So if you have a book that you know the your the colors you know kind of faded on there, and you could buy these machines. I think we paid sixty bucks for ours, and we split it, you know, thirty and thirty bucks, thirty bucks, and you could mm-hmm. find them used. And they're great. You just put it on there and, you know, definitely look up some videos on how to do it properly. Uh, that way, you know what you're doing and try it with some, you know, less expensive books. But, yeah, you press it on there for a couple mm. seconds, take it off, you know, put it in between the two ceramic plates, you know, leave it overnight or so or leave it for an hour. You know, sometimes even an hour works and, you know, you, you'll see a lot more vibrant colors coming wow. out of there. And then, you know, then you could go on there and use, you know, you could buy some kits that will actually take off some of the uh, the grime and the um, hmm. pencil marks and all that. So there's certain erasers that you could buy to use on the covers that won't damage them. Now, like anything, it's not 100%, so you have to be very careful because, mm-hmm. you know, just the, the wrong amount of pressure you could dig into that color that's true but, yeah. you know like i said it, it's like anything it takes practice but you could really clean up a a nice book i i've used over the years um um just kind of like a, i'll get a, a tissue like the softest tissue that i could find that doesn't have any yellow or anything in it just the, the regular tissue and mm-hmm. if I have a book, you know, sometimes you'll get those books from the flea market and you'll touch the cover and you'll be like, what the heck? You, you'll see dirt on your fingers. Mm-hmm. If you get a tissue and you just sit there and very lightly rub the cover, it's a little bit time consuming, but you rub the cover. You could get it nice and clean in about, you know, 10, 15 minutes and it won't damage anything. But just make sure you use a tissue that doesn't have any type of, you know, lotion or something. It just got to be a regular, you know, right. it, you're going to kill me on this, Joe. You know what I usually do when I buy books in the flea market and stuff and they're dirty like that? I take a bounty paper towel, which is soft, and I wash my hands, dry my hands with the paper towel. Now the towel is slightly wet and spray with a spray bottle of alcohol, spray the paper towel where it's mixed with water and stuff. And I usually wipe the books. And I got to tell you, Hmm. I have only ruined one book that way. (laughs) Wow. So that yeah, I, I don't like I, I I don't like anything that I don't like any liquid around, you know, to me, liquid and paper just it doesn't matter what it is, if it's an alcohol base or to yeah. me, liquid and paper, it's just it's it's too risky. And you could get like I said, you do some of those techniques and you could go on. There's actually on on Facebook, there's comic book cleaning groups where they share their tips and tricks oh that's oh that's interesting wow and and you can find them on youtube as well a bunch of different tricks but you know i'm not a fan of any type of liquids around any type of paper and i've used these same techniques on uh, old pulps as well um the only thing with old pulps is you have to be very careful i wouldn't recommend using a um an eraser because that that pulp paper is so brittle but in, in some of these kits 
you could get a brush and it's like a very soft brush and you could just sit there and, you know, brush the, the cover and all that. And it takes some time to get it. You know, you want to go slow so you don't ruin it, mm-hmm. but, you know, use that, use the real soft uh, tissue. You, you got to be careful with that though. If you put too much pressure, you're going to, you're going to chip that or rip the, uh, the pulp paper. Cause it, you know, if, if you've ever dealt with, I'm, I'm sure you guys have, but if anyone out there has dealt with pulp paper before from like the thirties and forties, it's, you know, as soon as you pick it up, it almost crumbles. It almost crumbles. You look, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of tr- tips and tricks out there I, that, and you know, you know, like Eddie, I, I've, some of these, t- I, I've ruined some books before, you know, my, my practice books, cause I have practiced the stuff that I've used, you know, just to make sure I'm doing it. And there's some that, you know, I, I put a little bit too much pressure or, or did something wrong here, but you know, eventually I got to where, you know, I was comfortable and I, I knew I wouldn't ruin a, you know, a book or anything, but it, it's like anything, a lot of practice. And, Oh yeah. Hey, that's the same as with my magic props guys. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I'll buy things from auctions and so forth. And you know what? You bring them home, and they need cleaned up. So there's different techniques you use. And as far as storing, you know, you know, like the inverti stuff that's electronic. I mean, that's very sensitive. So like, it has to be in the dry room, like in the dark corner, just like you're yeah. saying. You know, I mean, so yeah, there is a little, little, you know, there's a little tips, you know, for for all types of collecting. You know. Yeah. You know what? I, I've I, I've I, I've looked at so many stuff, and, and for anybody out there that you know, while we're talking about cleaning, real quick here, because we're going to be having to wrap it up, but. If you guys out there have old plastic toys, you know, from yeah, you know, yeah. any time that, that you need to clean, the best thing that I have found to clean it is Murphy's oil. Oh, that's and good stuff. Murphy's yeah. oil is a very, very soft detergent. Mm-hmm. It's a very soft cleaner, and it won't scratch or damage anything. Just be careful around anything that has stickers. You could still use it. Mm-hmm. Um over the stickers but make sure there's there's not a lot you know i wouldn't recommend it over the stickers because you have to really know what you're doing in order to not ruin mm-hmm. the sticker but over the the plastic and all that use a Mur- use the murphy's oil it is it is the best out there you know other people have their own things i found murphy's to be the best it, it's soft it won't scratch anything you could use it on clear plastic um painted plastic you know use it with a nice um whether it's those microfiber rags right and, and you'll have your stuff clean it'll get into those crevices and it won't ruin anything so. oh, good tip wow you know joe, joe you have very yeah. good tips yeah hey guys we got about two minutes here so i want to uh to wrap things up real quick here and i want you know want to give a shout out to a few of our buddies real quick uh dave haversat at uh 1878press.com that is 1878press.com also, if you need your sea monkey stuff, head over to c-monkeys.com for all your underwater sea monkey needs. We also have our buddy Ski over at Stupid Comics Magazine, and stupid is spelled just like you would you would think, S-T-O-O-P-I-D. <laughs> so definitely go ahead and check those out. Guys, also check out our YouTube. We have tons of videos up there. It's under House of the Unusual. Um we have our flagship station there, uh, houseoftheunusual.com. Join our forum. There's going to be a lot of free giveaways and all that, and I'm sure I won't be the only one, man. It's going to catch on. There, there's going to be a bunch of stuff out there, so you never know what you're going to get. Also, on Etsy, House of the Unusual, grab those magic kits. There's three left. You know, Eddie's just waiting to sell them, but once they're gone, they're gone. So 
definitely check all those out. Support us on, you know, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Give us a good review if you like what you're doing. And if you want to be a guest, get a hold of us. You know, we're, we're looking for anyone out there that just wants to, you know, pretty much talk about the nonsense stuff that, that we talk about. Or if you got some different, you know, pop culture stuff that you want to talk about, that's hey, right. you know, we're, we're down for that too. So that's all I got. So, guys, Chuck, Eddie, thanks for joining us. Everyone out there, thank you for joining us once again. And we will see everybody next week with a brand new show. And, guys, we are on the road to episode number 100 i think this is number 94 right here so wow you know we got to plan something big for our 100th episode but this is the road to it so guys that's it good night god bless take care bye-bye welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the house of the unusual podcast I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and with me, as always, are my good friends, my good buddies, my compadres, my amigos, yeah. Eddie Guevara. Amigos, Caputo, yes, sir. Harry <laughs> Caputo. What's up, everyone? All right. Hi. Hello, hello. Okay, All right. And, we, and you know what? And we might we might have a crying baby in the background, so that's our, our other guest as well. So if you guys are crying, it's not Eddie. It is... Uh, a baby that is doing slave labor for him. <laughs> so he just wants some food and all that. But hey, that's that's what goes on here when we're doing the the podcast live, which is great. So hey, how's everybody going? I'm gonna start with start with the uh, Caputos over there, Chuck and Sherry. How's everything been over in uh, Pennsylvania land? I tell you what, it's been raining like crazy here. Woo! I mean, it rained. Uh, all day, pretty much yesterday, especially at night, it poured. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, it was really, really bad, you know, but it's... A it's, lot of people lost their lights for many hours. Yeah, we lights. We were fortunate we didn't lose our lights. Yeah, for some our reason, electric. yeah, the, uh, the lights stayed on because ours go off usually pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know what? Keeping busy, I got a show tomorrow that uh, Sherry's going to help me with, and we're going to go to... It's an assisted living place, actually, so that'll be pretty cool. It's around 2 o'clock tomorrow, so we're looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, and you know, and Chuck, can... one, one of the greatest things for you is you always got assistant living. Have the patience of dead, so you can't really they won't mind you <laughs> judge you. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? And if they can't hear, I just turn up the PA system. I just put it louder. You know what I mean? And uh, it works out. It works out well. But hey, we checked out that movie the other day, which I had seen it before, but first time Sherry yeah, saw I it. Yeah, wanted to see it. Yeah, the bat. That was a really cool. The bat. Really yeah, cool. Yes, it was. Yeah, good. That was loud. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was really neat with Agnes Moorhead. And, uh, I the, actually, yeah, I watched the black and white one. You saw the color? I think there's a colorized version, if I'm not oh, mistaken. No. I think I watched I, the uh, while back. I have the, no, I was going to say I have the colorized version. The funny thing about it is Agnes Moorhead actually looks nice there compared to Bewitch, which she was kind of hideous. Oh yeah, yeah, she looked, yeah, she looked pretty. But and and then the one woman on there, the one girl that got struck by the bat on the steps was Darla from the from yeah. the Little Rascals, Darla Hood. Darla Hood, yeah, yeah. You know the thing that was weird though, Joe, there was no blood anywhere. I mean, like this guy got a claw that looks like a raven's claw. And he slashes people's throats, but there's no blood. No yeah. blood. I don't get you know, it. That's, that's what I kind of like about the black and white movies. And I have this discussion with a, a buddy of mine all the time, and he's. I think he's in his early 80s maybe 80 81 somewhere around there and you know we meet up one try to meet up once a week for for coffee and we'll watch some old movies or serials or, or tv yeah. shows and you know well you know he's not a big fan of gore and you know i i could kind of go either way you know he he used to like the gore stuff but now he's kind of moved on to it and 
that's almost how I am. If I'm watching like an 80s horror movie, I, I could appreciate the, the gore in it. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of like the fact that when you watch a, a black and white, you usually don't see no. you know, too much gore. You know, blood. There are some, especially the pre-code, where you will see some blood. But, you know, I, I, I'm good with it. You know, it's to me, it's more about the story. And even in the bat, you know, even though it's a uh, it's a B movie, you know, it's you know, you don't have that gore and all that. It's still a cool movie to watch. Yeah, that it was... Is. It's a good movie. Yeah, you know what? The whole setting about the house and everything, it was just, it was just really cool. And then uh, the other day, uh, the other thing we've been doing, uh, Sherry and I went on to a local radio station, so we so we don't... Uh, so we went on for like an hour type of an interview, which is cool, out here in Pittsburgh. And so, you know what? It's a it's like to promote the local businesses out here in my area. So that worked out really well. Uh, so we mentioned that, you know, the house, the unusual and stuff like that. And so it was... Oh, cool. really, Talked about talked magic. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we talked magic about magic career. Yeah, and how we started. And yeah, it was how a, we met and yeah. all that good stuff. And then we made one more excursion. I don't want to go, go uh, too long on this, but we went to the cemetery and we went Woo-hoo! to and we went to Mister Rogers's grave. Tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's about an hour away from Pittsburgh. He's out in Lake Trobe, PA. And we actually put a little video up on YouTube. So if you have a chance yeah. to check it out, we went right to his mausoleum. I tell you what, the one thing I did want to say about him is he he seemed like a really, really nice man. I mean, there's no uh, controversy the guy was ever involved in. You know what? It was always on the up and up. I mean, he seemed yeah. like a really decent man, you know? Yeah, very caring. Yeah. So. I tell you what, someone I, I seen, someone sent me, it said, the most wholesome meme ever. And it was... Um, it was obviously someone did it with Photoshop, but it was Fred Rogers wearing a, a shirt of Bob Ross standing next to Steve Irwin under a rainbow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's cute. I like that. Yeah, I like that's really cool. I tell you yeah, yeah, it was it was really cool how they did it and all that. But hey, you know, you were talking about the storms before. I tell you what, we, we got the same thing here. Yeah. I was I was sleeping, I think it was uh maybe Monday, maybe. Monday or Sunday, I can't remember which one, but I was sleeping in the morning because I work nights. So this was had to be about 10 or 11. And the whole, like I heard a boom and the whole house shook. I I jumped out of bed. My dogs jumped out of bed. And I said, what the heck's going on? And my my wife was working, you know, in the other room because she she teaches from home. And she came running in and she goes, oh, that was just thunder. And I said, are you sure? And she goes, yeah, you know, there's a big storm. And I thought it was. You know, we live about a block away from a gas station. I thought the gas station blew up. It was so loud. Oh wow. That's wow. crazy. Shook everything. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I looked outside. I seen the the dark skies and everything. I'm like, oh, you know, this is cool. And it started to rain. I'm like, but you know, I'm tired. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to sleep. So it was. I got to hear the rain, and just as I'm falling asleep, you know, boom! It hits again and chases. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the heck is going on, man? But finally, it, it kind of subsided a bit, and I got to to fall asleep from the to the rain. But I haven't heard thunder like that in this area in a long time. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's been getting yeah that's that's been getting pretty brutal. And we and we did get some water done in our basement. I checked. Ooh, you know, I did yeah, you know yeah. what? I mean, when it rains real hard like that, you know what? I uh, French drained this place twice already. You know, yeah. and my fingers are twisted and gnarled i can't i can't do anymore you know tired. that's about it i'm old and sick i don't feel like doing it anymore you know so some came in not much but i mean you know 
But, That's what happens. Yeah. It rains real hard. Yeah, this is an older house too. We live yeah. in. This is not a young house here. No. <laughs> yeah, that, that's ours. Is I know when we moved in, the lady that that had it prior to my grandpa, she must have put some big money into waterproofing the basement because it mm -hmm. is the whole inside's done and the outside. I mean, there had to be a lot of money she put into it. So yeah. I was like, thank God I don't have to do nothing with it. It is. You know, the only thing I did when I came in is that I put a fresh coat of um, um, waterproof paint yeah. on the walls in the basement just to add that extra. Add and I used the, um, uh, what's it called, the fruit cellar. I wanted to use that for store storage, so I put waterproof paint on on the walls there. And then I kept the door open, which is right by my, um, uh, oh, what, what do you call it, dehumidifier. So yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't get any any type of moisture or anything in there. Hey, so. that's, a big, hey, that's a big plus, Joe. I'll tell you what, you know, because I know I know a few people that have like hidden sub pumps, you know, that that, that, that click on and because yeah. so much water comes into their mm -hmm. basement, you know, so that's a, uh, so that's an ongoing problem, I think, especially with these older houses, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. So, hey, glad you guys could, uh, could come on and everything. And I'm going to switch it over to Eddie Guevara and see oh, what's wow. new with him. So what's up, Eddie? Well, well, guys, one of the things I'm going to say, though, is kind of funny because when you're talking about that loud thunder, I wonder if it's the same one that woke up my daughter, um, not last night, the night before. She huh. goes to me, uh, Daddy, did you wake up? And I go, I slept right through it, but uh, <laughs> it was so loud. <laughs> it was so loud. It woke her up and woke up my wife, too. So I'm wondering if that could have been the same one. But you know what, though? It's been raining a lot, but, you know, praise Jesus. I, I got to say this, man. When I was doing the uh, the truck, I got the truck. Uh, yes, it was a Monday. It was raining in the morning. I rented the truck by 11, 11.30 a.m., whatever, and it stopped raining. And it didn't rain again in all day. It was cloudy, but I, we were able to do the – and it was, uh, it was the biggest truck yet, even though oh, I no. – I, we were finished at uh, 11.30 at night. Then we went to grab a bite, me and Jim, my, my buddy Jim, which I thank for that because Jim was actually helping me in all five truckloads. And wow. uh, I couldn't do it. If, if he wouldn't have helped me, I would have been dead because it's been crazy. And now I still have to rent tomorrow a van or a 10-foot truck to finish taking the stuff out of my office here. So I'm not completely out of the woods yet. And then I have a whole month of uh, organizing. Insane. But you know what? I might even film that. That might be pretty cool. As I'm yeah, that would be a good idea. He put that on film. That would yeah, be kind of like to see that. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah, because I could fast forward it, not fast forward it, but you know, like time lapse and stuff, and it'll it'll mm -hmm. it'll be great. But one thing I'm going to tell you guys, and this is no kidding, um, you know, moving and and collecting, and here's two big things about this. We start buying things, and we go, hey, this is a great item. This is a great item. Like a good example. For now, now my I got already enough as it is. Now all of a sudden I'm getting the pastry chef, which I'm sure it's a box the size of a charming box. It's I'm pretty getting, big. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting I'm getting the other thing, the haunted desk from Chuck. And at the same time, when I went to Chiller, it was kind of ironic. They had uh, a thing I've never seen before. It's a 1961 Mercury capsule, and it's like the Polaris nuclear sub where it folds paper it's it's actually in pretty good condition it's got the instructions never been built um, wow, that would be cool I, man. yeah i'm not sure exactly i think i remember seeing it in an early 60s um 
uh, Boys Life magazine might have had an ad for it or something, but I don't remember. It doesn't really say anything, but Space Capsule this is the name of the company. And uh, at the same time, I was going through another vendor. And there's a vendor that's got an 11 by 17 sheet. And it has I Dream of Jeannie just getting married to Major Nelson, but they're sitting inside a Mercury 7 uh, space capsule. Yes, oh. it, looks like, oh, wow. it looks identical. It fit right into the picture. So I even threw it into the original box. Um, so that was a, a pretty good find. And, and it was a decent bargain I got. But then again, the guy was selling for a little bit over $500. But I was able to negotiate a price because I know the guy. He's an awesome guy. His name is Norm. And he usually, you know, does chill a theater every every year. And I also know him from the PAL, which is a flea market. He's been there for like 20 some odd years there. Uh, he gets a lot of stuff. He had uh, quite a few things there. And um, so, you know, having said that, I, it, it's been a great, fantastic week. For some reason, this chiller was a lot better than all the other ones I've been to in a while. And I found that ironic because there weren't not that many people because we go on Friday evening. So we go right before the, I mean, Saturday is crazy, but we were there. Uh, we had, you know, Heather Thomas, a lot of the actresses were there, which, you know, was pretty. Um, I know that my friend Charlie, he, he got lucky. I was going to post some of the uh, actual footage on the, on not the forum, but on the blog. But one of the things I was going to say about it is that the guy from MASH, you know, you had MASH, you had the cook. Jim found a cookbook on eBay that goes usually for a hundred and some bucks. And he was able to get it at a good price. And then he had the cook actually sign it for him. So now oh, really nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Charlie was super happy. Now, me, myself, I got to be honest. I don't care for MASH. I never liked MASH. My wife used to love the show, watch it every day. Um I don't. I just could never sit down and say I found Mash funny or anything. But that—that's. I tell you what, that was a long show. How long was that in syndication? That was pretty about thirteen years or more. Thirteen years. One time, yeah, the longest running. Like I said, I I don't know why. Um, I don't like the show. I I know Joe has a reaction figure of the show. Um, I don't like the show. I just don't don't care for it for some reason. I I actually never got into. Mash was, I've watched it, you know, I used to watch it a few times uh, when I was young with my grandmother, but I, for some reason, I never got into it. It just wasn't, I don't well, know, that's funny or Parts of, parts of it were actually funny, you know yeah. what? But they did change the characters a lot. I mean, throughout the years, they did they did change the main characters, except for Ellen Aldo. But they did switch a switch quite a few people out of there. But yeah, it, I thought it was overall pretty good. You know, it was it, it was pretty humorous. But the, hey, hey, but you mentioned uh, I Dream of Genie. Here's a fun fact. This is pretty cool. That cool bottle that was actually used on the show itself that is a 1964 Jim Beam a, a Christmas edition bottle. <laughs> oh really yeah wow. yep and i found a guy on i think it was etsy who actually who actually makes these things he he uh he uh, cuts them from a, a laser type of thing mm. and so i purchased a little plastic one well it's, it's about eight inches tall and so i put a smoker in it you know you know like from the uh from the old train sets we had when we were kids oh nice well, yeah so i put a smoking generator in there and, and so when you secretly push the button smoke comes out of it when you take the lid off it's it's like really really cool man but that bottle always caught my eye and i finally found out exactly what the heck that thing was you, like i you, said it was a 1964 christmas edition jim beam bottle you, you know you know what's funny about that what you're talking about is that i found that bottle the jim beam bottle you're talking about i'm gonna yep. look for it because 
I, I said, wow, this looks like the genie bottle. And I <laughs> bought it in a flea market for like a dollar oh, something. Yeah. But you know what's funny, though? When I Dream of Genie was there in, in Chiller about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, give or take, or maybe before. I think it might have been four. I don't know, four or five. I, I lose track of time. I'm not good in timekeeping. But um, Look, Genie, was the, <laughs> Genie was there. And so was Major Healy. And, and this was a little bit before Larry Hagman died. So yeah. the year I met him, it was like he died six months. So that oh. was when I got... You know, I got to meet Jeannie. Now, Larry Hagman was there. I thought he was kind of like an interesting character because I went to say hi. He said hi, but he's in a wheelchair. And oh. when I went to, to have him sign or something or take a photo, they always, you know, some people don't take photos. Of, you know, there's some characters. And it wasn't Larry, but whoever was with him there. So I wound up getting his autograph because I bought the I Dream of Jeannie bottle. They were selling it for $125. And wow. each, each autograph, if you bought the bottle, the autographs were, I think, uh, 25 instead yeah. of, um, you can get all three autographs for 75 instead of the normal 50 per autograph. So I, I got the bottle autographed by them three. Um, mm -hmm. Major Healy was kind of nice because he gave me an additional autograph to that. He didn't charge me for it. You know, he gave me a photo and and he yeah. took pictures for me. I thought he was phenomenal. In fact, I've met him twice already. And he's a really, really cool guy. He jokes around with you. Um, oh, that's nice. Is he is no. he still alive? Is he still alive? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. And, uh, and and like I said, he's phenomenal because, you know, he took pictures with me, took pictures with my wife, my daughter. Nice. And, yeah, he was just phenomenal. And Jeannie was such an awesome person. I said to her, uh, it's funny, I called the Jeannie and she says, no, the name is she goes, my name is actually Barbara Jean. No, I said, I'm sorry. Uh, I said, Jean, I go, I'm sorry. She goes, no, my name is Barbara Jean. So she goes, it's <laughs> fine. That's it. So I go, do you mind if I film? And she goes, no. So I was standing literally in front of her face about 15 inches away, a foot away in the line. And I was filming her for like a good. Yeah. Me. She was there talking. And then That's she took cool. photos with me, my wife, everybody. And actually, if you go to Etsy and you look at photos, I think there's a photo of me and her there. Oh, that's my pretty wife. cool. Yeah, she seems um, like she's a pretty nice person. Yeah. Yeah, that's she's the way awesome. they should be, she's though. Awesome. You know? Well, you know what? A lot of people don't realize she was there a little bit after her son had committed suicide. So I got to admit, though, she was, you know, in really good spirits based on yeah. what you know, she went through. Now, one thing I never understood is how instead of Meiji Nelson or some, her actual husband was that guy, the hideous looking guy, the the big tall uh, guy in the show that always used to be like the master. Remember, oh, he would really? grab her by the hair. Oh, uh, really? Michael, what's his name? Michael something. Yeah, that was her husband. Uh, wow. I think they, unless I'm wrong, I think they're still married or something. Yeah, unless well, he passed away. But wow. yeah, they, they, you know what I'm talking about, right? The big guy that looked like Lurch. Yeah, I think I do remember. Well, I, yeah. you know, I'm going to Google this. Wow. Yeah, let's check it Is out. that something? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that Michael, I forgot his name, Michael something, but that's her husband. And I was like, why would, I mean, how did he score such a guy? <laughs> he was really pretty, you know? And he's yeah. kind of like a gruesome looking guy, you know? He looks more like a lurker or something. A gruesome looking guy. That's yeah, you know cool. what I mean? You, you guys remember the gruesomes with the Flintstones next door, the neighbors, the gruesomes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's Rob, pretty funny. Wife, repellent. You mentioned Larry Hagman. I think he needed a liver transplanted at some point in his life, I'm not mistaken. I know he was he was in pretty bad health there for you know, a while. The thing with Larry Hagman, and I'll tell you what, in, in at the same room where Jeannie was and all that, they had the entire cast of Dallas as well as Jeannie. So, you know, oh, yeah, Larry Hagman was nice. getting both sides of the fence, you know. 
<laughs> the guy Duffy, Patrick Duffy, who played his brother, yeah, what oh, yeah. really shocked me, and this was shocking, Jim, my buddy, six foot five, and Patrick Duffy was higher than him. Is like I, wow. yeah, I oh, wow. reached the guy. I was like underneath his shoulder. That's how yeah. how small I am next to the guy, and I'm like, wow, this guy on TV looks so small. You know, he looked like he was the yeah. size of Major Nelson. So I think what it is is Larry Hagman. I mean, the way they do the TV, and I noticed this the other day. Um, where they have, um, if you watch the blacklist, for example, I love the blacklist and stuff. The guy who plays there, the uh, uh, Cooper, that plays the um, the the part of the you know the the head of the FBI, he's really tall. He's like a huge tall guy, and when he's standing next to that, somehow they put the cameras for the other guys from the up down, I mean, That's from down do. up, to right. make them look taller next to him because yeah. he's really a big guy, and I do that to compensate in size with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, that's a lot of the things that are happening, but that's what I think they did with, uh, but like I said, the girl who played his wife, I forgot her name. Uh, she looked pretty young, Larry Hagman, who played, uh, you know, the girl who played his wife in Dallas. Uh, right. I forgot her. And the blonde one was there too. The one that was, uh, no, not, not, not that one. I'm talking, I'm thinking dynasty because they had a room there. They had the dynasty cast too. And the blonde lady that played dynasty with, uh, with the guy who played the main character, I forgot his name, but I used to watch those shows uh, religiously, but, you know, I kind of forgot a lot about them. Yeah. And um, they kind of look pretty good for their age. And and one person <laughs> that really blew me away was Bionic Woman. She was oh. there, uh, Lindsay. What were you just saying? Yeah, about her, Mike. She was very, very, and this this one show had a big, big cast. And in one among one of those people, too, was Elvis Presley's ex-wife. I mean, Priscilla Presley, right? Oh, yeah, Priscilla. And this this was kind of funny. We're going in the room. Now, this is the catch. They want $100 to, for her to sign your any autograph you do, right? Now, the thing wow. that's funny about her, yeah, they, they were, she had a huge line out the door. So we waited online because I had acquired a book for me that was the wedding of her and Elvis. And I was going to her, have her sign that book. So I'm waiting in the line, and I noticed that they're trying to, there's another little, uh, that they're telling you that for an additional $50 or $25, I forgot what they were charging. They would give you a Providence certificate, like to prove it was an actual signature. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I had, I had my iPad on my chest, right? So I set my iPad to record and I'm holding it up against my chest and I'm just like going around and lady says to me, uh, you can't, I said, I'm not recording. I'm just holding the iPad. <laughs> and I, was hoping, and I, I recorded the whole scene of her, uh, you know, signing and talking to me. Like, I'm going to pay another get out of here. But the thing that's really interesting about the whole thing is that Priscilla Presley, one thing that really amazed me. Now, here's a lady who could be my mother. Because, you know, we're talking Elvis Presley back in the 50s and stuff. That's and true. this lady, for her age, I know it must be Botox galore or whatever, but she was attractive. Like yeah. I, I, I said to my wife, it was funny, and Jim, I said, you know, Jim, I could actually go out with this woman. Like she was that yeah. pretty up close. And I was really, really thrown back because she's got to be over 70. when I Oh, started. absolutely. Yeah, she's probably about and, 75. Yeah. But but the same thing I can't say for Heather Thomas. The poor thing didn't age as well as she, you know, she should have. Isn't that um, something? Wow. Unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of actors that it's just the same thing as the guy that, you know, the guy from um, what do you call that? That movie. Um, oh, my gosh, I forgot. Uh, 
He was in a wheelchair. Michael something was his name. Oh, Jen I, Michael, Jen Michael Vincent, is it? Yes, Jim Michael Vincent. That yeah. guy, man, that poor guy. He was there. He was signing. He's in a wheelchair. He looked like yeah. he was missing an eye. Uh, he looked. Oh, I, I don't know why he even went to that show. Poor guy. And then he passed yeah. away a little while. Yeah, but there was a lot of a lot of actors really throw you off when you see them in person. Oh, um, absolutely. As compared to when you see them in the movies, you know. You yeah, mentioned, you anyway. know what, uh, I think I think as far as heights go, you had mentioned heights. I think Vincent Price, I, you know, I'd have to Google this, but I think he was a pretty tall guy. I, you know, I would say 6'4", six, somewhere around there, it seems like. He was real kind of tall and lanky almost. Yeah, you can you tell because he's kind of like hunched over. Don't you notice he's kind of hunching over? Yeah, yeah. A lot of his yeah. movies? Yeah. It, you know what, it, and if you look at his bone structure, like his legs are real long, his torso is real long, you know, I wouldn't doubt if he was about 6'4", somewhere around there, you know what I mean? Yeah, hey, hey, I'm lucky I, I'm five. Uh, you know what? I'm lucky I'm five ten. I, I'm five ten. My my grandfather, he was five foot one. Can you believe that? <laughs> oh my, yeah, well, he was. A, yeah, he was a little Italian guy. And I tell you what, you know, I'm so I'm I'm very lucky. I'm five ten, man. <laughs> you know, you know well, what? I'll take it. You know, I'll take it, man. <laughs> The uh, when, when you're saying the heights and stuff like that, a lot of people, you know, we don't realize that you know how tall some people are and stuff, but. I saw Vincent Price uh, a couple of months ago. I was rewatching uh, F Troop. I think they had it on Cozy TV, if I'm correct, or I, I don't know if it was Cozy TV or Pluto TV. Oh, and they yeah. had the one where uh, Vincent Price goes to uh, to the camp, and uh, Larry Storch, who plays Corporal Agar, is scared because he thinks he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it, but that was really funny, man. Yeah, yeah I used to watch that. That was a funny show. That was a great no, show. F Troop, F Troop is really great. I mean, I gotta tell you, F Troop is one of those shows that you want to say, just like I think the. And I told you guys, I don't know if you guys ever watched, but the Guns of Will Sonnet. Wow, that that's a, a darn good show, man. Those shows were done like really good. Yeah. And, um, you know what it is, and Jim said this. Jim, my buddy, said this recently, and Charlie, we were talking about it. The way they typecast the people. Of eight, like you know, olden days, like Herman Monster, uh, Lily, the way they typecast people for roles was phenomenal. Like they got such great actors to play those parts. Oh, they like, did. They, yeah, yeah. you know, one thing that recently really shocked me, and I'm so pissed off. I mean, it's bad enough. I, I'm already disliking. But what I say about it is, I found out they uh, they ditched. Uh, for the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah, Johnny that, Depp. Yeah, yeah Johnny Depp. That's a big mistake. That that's, a, that's, a huge, that's a huge mistake. I couldn't picture anybody else playing that part except Johnny Depp. Exactly. So I did the same thing with Two and a Half Men. Mm -hmm. I know Charlie, whatever, Sheen, whatever, he had his issues, but he made the show. The oh, moment absolutely. he was gone, the other guy was an idiot. The show went poof down the tubes. And yeah. that's what's going to happen with Pirates. That's going to be the last one. I'm not even going to bother watching if it, if Johnny Depp yeah, he was he was cool. He was cool as, yeah, we uh, love him. as Jack Sparrow. He's a good actor. He, he really is. He really he really is fantastic. He really is. Wow. Yeah, that that is. That's, and I mean, and for something stupid, they they still in court. You haven't even proved the damn thing. So how can you accuse somebody without having the proof first? You know? Exactly. <laughs> see, that's see, that's the thing. What's happening now? I mean, you can't take people's word for it. Whatever happened to you know what a person's supposed to be innocent than, until proven guilty? That's true. I mean, yeah. come on, man, this is ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah. So this Disney, I don't know the Disney. I think Disney made a big mistake with that. In fact, I think they should just cut out the whole 
It's just like with Star Wars. Star Wars is okay, one, two, three, but now when you got 15 <laughs> different Star Wars, come on, man. Um, yeah, they got, they, got carried, they got carried away. That's like it's going to be Rocky 17, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it gets to that point where you got to either, you know, you got to end the, the train, you know? Like, I mean, come on, Halloween. I know Joe is in that. You know, how many Halloweens are you going to have? What's the, what's the yeah. other story? Okay, the guy, you can't kill him. He comes down, he kills a bunch of at the end of the thing, he's still alive. You yeah. can't, you don't, the, the, that's why I don't like movies like that. I just hate them. Yeah. I don't like them. Yeah. If you saw in the old days, The House on Haunted Hill, oh. uh, The Bat, you know, it had like an ending to the darn thing, you know? It had an, yeah, that's right. That's right. There was a definite ending. There was no lead-in to, to a possible sequel. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I. You know, we should actually have, we should hold Joe responsible for this because he is the, Curator of a uh, crypt of classics, you know. Yeah. I think he's, he's at fault here. Joe, answer your prayers, brother. You know, there's just I, I think they just look to make see what kind of money they could make off these these franchises, like right. you know, Halloween and you have well, they've redone Friday the Thirteenth, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now they just redid a a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think um, it was a direct sequel to the original one. And it, it was pretty horrible. I mean, it was, they tried yeah. to, they tried to inject, you know, kind of like the, the, you know, the way people act today and everything and like the whole culture. And it just, it didn't work out. It, it, it was no, yeah, it was no story. And they were like, well, how could we make it just very gruesome and bloody and gory? And there was really no story. It was kind of kind of stupid. And yeah, absolutely. Hey, hey, there's a movie when I was in high school that I, you know, that I watched and I, I actually have it on DVD. I'll pop it in once a year. It kind of reminds me of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was Motel Hell. Do you remember that? With uh, oh yeah, with, oh yeah, with, I remember Motel Hell. Yeah, with uh, Rory Calhoun. Uh, that was that was a cool movie. Yeah, that was, we liked that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was from what 1980, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I was in but but maybe like 11th grade then when it came out, and <laughs> it's it's just funny, man. Oh, it cracks me up. And, yeah, uh, I, that's I haven't seen that in in a long time. Maybe I'll have to to revisit that. <laughs> yeah, it's an excellent. Is that, movie. is that the one where he has? Is that the one where he has a pig's head on his? Exactly. Yeah. See, that's why. Oh, yeah. Not, okay. Yeah. He was. He was Farmer Vincent. Remember, he said it takes a lot of fritters to make. No, it takes a lot of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. You know. Yeah. He would. He would like cut people up and make sausage out of them and he stuff. Planted them in the ground and had. Remember, they had the bags over their head. Yeah, he uh, planted them in the ground and oh, it was funny, man. It was hilarious. You know, yeah. I might have to revisit it. I think I actually have that on VHS somewhere. I'm, I'm going to have to check it out. Because I know yeah. it's been it's been a long, long time since long I've seen that. You, you yeah, know, that brings memories. I'm going to tell you guys something. One of the films, and, and especially when you talk about old films, I, I think this film should never have been made. Was one? I think the last film the Wolfman was involved in. I don't know if it's uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein or uh, the Wolfman versus Dracula. I forgot what it was, but that film was such a piece of garbage. <laughs> I think I went 10 minutes into the film, 20 minutes, and I turned it off. I was like, wow, man, this guy, a legend, uh, you know, in the monster business, should never have done that film. Which film and was that, Eddie? I don't know. It's the I think the last one that Lon Chaney was in. I, I don't know. Carnival, 
It was very like they made it horrible. The background music, everything. It, you know what? It looked like something. I would go to Joe's house and film. Yeah. Regular day like that with no freaking backdrop or anything. It was horrible. And I got to tell you something, which is funny too. One film that was not that great, but uh, I was able to meet in this chiller was the guy. Um, his name he goes under the name Victor Sorgoff or something like that. And Sargo, I think, and he appeared in the 1971 uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein. Uh, the film is not that great, but I was there and he was uh, charging 10 bucks for an autograph. So I'm surprised that we got three of them. And, you know, the guy was pretty decent. He actually agreed to uh, come on the podcast if I call him and he gave me his information. So I found that. But one thing, Joe, that this is a good thing for the future. And I'm sure Joe is going to love this. There's a guy who wrote a, uh, uh, a movie. They directed a movie. It's coming out. It's going to be available in the next chiller in October. And it's called something about Boris Karloff, the unmasking or something like that. And it was uh, co-produced by Sarah Karloff. It's like a really, really good film. I forgot the name of it right now, to be honest. Um, if you look it up, on, on, I'm sure that the chiller site has it. But he also agreed to be on our, our podcast along with a guy that wrote the 10 best horror films of all time, a book, he said he would be in as well. So we can have a couple of good guests coming up. Ooh, that, um, would be, that would be cool. Oh, that's great. And for the 100th episode, I'm going to have uh, Sarah pop in. So how many shows are we away from? Our oh, um, I think we are. Let's see. I have to, to look on our podcast. I, we, we should only be maybe about five or so. Well, yeah, way, I, have, I have to make four. I have to make Let's sure Sarah's available. We are. It says we have ninety-four episodes, so this will be ninety-five right here. So five more. Wow. Okay, five more weeks. Wow, so, you see no. it, it. Go ahead. What were you saying? I said, yeah, it's coming up quick. Yeah, it is, and it, you know, and that will be the title. Joe comes out of his tombstone. <laughs> Not only does he crawl out of the ground and slither up your neck, he will produce the 100th episode of House of the Unusual. Watch I, I, can't believe it's already, I can't believe it's already getting that many. I, I mean, it's what been almost two, almost three years. Well, wow. you, you know what, Joe? I, I'll tell you what. This is what I said. I And I told the story many times. I started in 1985 with the idea that I would love to have a radio show. Um, I went, I already mentioned to you, I wound up buying some FM transmitters and all this stuff, just buying articles on how to start your podcast and all this from 1995, 96. One day I get uh, an email from a man named Joe Pavlansky and he says, how you doing, buddy? I haven't heard from you. I'm not like, Uh... you mentioned something in the email that you wrote for, um, not famous monsters that you wrote for um, uh, scary, scary monsters. Monster. So uh, when you, when you came on and said that, I called you up and I said, "Hey Joe, why don't we do a podcast?" Well, you know, and, and you're like, "Okay," and um, <laughs> that's it, man. We, started, I, you know, here here's the trick: if you want to do a podcast, get together with a friend, call him on the phone, and have a regular conversation and broadcast it. As simple as that. That's true. Yeah, that yeah. We're already 100 episodes. If, if not, man, we were sucking our thumbs. Joe would have yeah. still been writing for uh, Scary Monsters with no 
<laughs> and now Joe is a famous celebrity worldwide. I, I, I still write write Joe, for scary for scary monsters. I tell you what, they have um they're redoing uh Castle of Frank. Well not redoing, but they're gonna be republishing Castle of Frankenstein starting with issue number thirty six. It says it's coming fall of this year. Um not really much info on it, so I'll definitely be letting everyone know when that hits. They they kind of have a um a co- like a, a cover done up, and it, it looks fantastic, kind of like in the um the spirit of the original Castle of Frankenstein's. And I guess they have the uh, the trademark rights and everything to it. So yeah, so it, it should be coming out sometime this fall. Nice. You know, um, one of the things I'm going to tell you, Castle Frankenstein was a very good magazine back in the day. And um, uh, one thing I'm going to say is, and I know um, this guy beat me to the punch. Uh, what's his name? Mr. Todd, Mr. A.K.A. King of Sea Monkeys, who actually, believe it or not, he's been investigated for mistreating the sea monkeys, I hear. <laughs> uh, you know they're, they're gonna. He's been he's been running down, you know, and being <laughs> ruling with a with a rod of iron. Iron you know? fist. Iron fist, but uh, the point is that with everything said, with the sea monkeys and and all that stuff, he got Joe's magazine, and of course, he has been blasting it all over site. He's been blasting it all just to prove that he got it and not me. Uh, <laughs> that's Mister Todd for you. But um, I've been trying to get even with him. Uh, but here's the the whole thing. Basically, is that that magazine that I got to tell you about which is a monster bash correct yes yeah the monster bash magazine that magazine is super well done you know i got that's one thing i gotta tell ron you know ron um um, for some reason i I found it funny he hasn't been in chile consecutive uh, times uh but before he always used to set up a table there and it was like a huge table but i didn't see him this time there you know i was surprised um but that's maybe because, so you know, ever since the pandemic, a lot of people just kind of whatever. I, but, I thought he did go to Chiller because I know he's been going all over the place. I, I thought he was down there. I didn't see him, Joe, Joe and, and I was there like looking because I usually go say hi to him and stuff. And sometimes I look at the latest issue he's got uh, to get it because that's about the only place you get Monster Bash. You, I don't think you can really buy it in stores. No, um, you can get it from the website or if you go to to any of the, the dealers but yeah you would definitely know if he was there with all all the dvds and everything yeah, yeah. That, that let, me, has. let me ask you a question don't you write for monster bash no uh-uh no i i i was thinking of sending an article in there but he kind of does it where he doesn't really kind of solicit a theme it's you know you send him articles and he may use it next issue or seven issues from now so it's kind of like you you write whatever and then send it to him which i I just got to find something kind of interesting and different to write than i may i send one thing but yeah i did contact him uh, about a year ago right about the house of the unusual radio podcast (laughs) the horror that will wake you from the dead (laughs) that would be Uh, a good subject yeah, one thing I'm going to tell you, to be honest with you, Joe, I actually introduced you to, uh, you might be hearing from him, Scream Publisher for Scream Magazine. Um, Scream. Yeah. You know, okay, I actually introduced you, and I said that you were my co-host, and I said, Joe is 
a very, very popular writer. He writes for, you know, he's written for famous monsters. Uh, he written for uh, several things, and he publishes a lot of, uh, when you go to CVS Pharmacy, those books, of stuff like that. He's authored uh, quite a few of it. I said, you should get it. And he goes, really? So I, I gave him some information, and he might be reaching out to you. Because, I mean, Scream Magazine, it's got a pretty large circulation. And it's sold in, in a lot of stores like Barnes and & Noble. And, and the guy who puts it out, he always has a pretty good deal. He sells you the one issue for $10, or you get a special edition issue, 15 bucks, and he throws in a free deal. Please. Um, you know, he always has like a pretty good deal there. I thought you were going to say and, his deal was one issue for $10 and get the second issue for nine ninety nine. <laughs> no, 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 I actually, he puts that, out that's, a, that's a house of the unusual deal. We'll sell you one, for $10, and if you buy that, we'll give you a special deal of the day for another one for nine ninety nine. Yeah, it's <laughs> only one for you know, you know, who made it. I go on, uh, if you guys go on Facebook, Facebook has become a place where sometimes you can buy decent stuff, you know, and they show, so this one lady is selling a trunk. Now, this is an, an old trunk from the 1940s, and it kind of folds up like a closet, you know, I think where you hang, so it's a small trunk, but it looks like you would put suits in one side, but you open it with wheels, and you open it sideways. So, you know, it has a compartment for suits in the left, it's like really cool, and it's got it for $15. So I respond and I say, is it still available? So then she writes back to me and says, yes, it's available. But I noticed she changed the price to $95 instead of 15 <laughs> So she goes, are you still interested? And I wrote, yes, I was until you changed the price. But no, not anymore. Thank you. <laughs> I like the way she, she pulled that one. You know, that's like a fast one, you know? Yeah, that's wow. crazy. Yeah. I, one time I sent Joe $10 for a book. I went over to this and he sent me half the book. He says, I forgot to tell you, you got to pay for shipping. So if you send me an additional five, I'll send you the other half of the book. Yeah, you get nothing. Hey, you know, speaking of books, Chuck, what what are those those booklets that you posted on uh, houseoftheunusual.com's forum? Those are really cool. You got some fun with string, uh, big bag of tricks. Yeah, uh, they're the yeah, the really cool. Yeah, shadows, uh, you know, hand shadows and so forth. I, I got that from eBay. I was looking around and and there was nine of them, and they're all in really good condition. I mean, I don't really see anything wrong with them. Everything's tight on there. There's no rips or anything. It seems like they're from 1943, like I put on there. And, um, yeah, you know what? It's actually kind of cool, you know. And, uh, yeah, there's some really cool stuff on there. And one is sporting games. Like it explains in detail, you know, like football, baseball, uh, things of that nature. And so, it, yeah, it's actually kind of cool. I was I was skimming through them. I'm going to read them a little bit more in you know, detail. I'm kind of interested in that one that the game of salvo as played by our mm -hmm. armed forces. That looks like it right might be really cool. That in the um, uh, the science of judo commando tactics. That yeah, cool. yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, wow. Yeah. That, that's an old one, Chuck. Yeah, it's got hey, some. Joe, it's got, Joe. some uh, got some cool uh, moves let, on there. Yeah, but let, let me tell you um, something about Chuck Joe. No, I was going to say something about Chuck Joe. When he shows you a book there, be careful because every time he puts a book up in his thing, and I look it up, it's like 700 bucks to get a copy. Uh, so, you know, be careful on the price there. 
I tell, yeah, he, I tell he you what I could do. Half, uh, half a, a vial of blood to get the books. <laughs> no, I tell you what I could do is, you know what, if Eddie wants to make a copy, I'm sure it's out of, uh, I, you know, it would be out of copyright in 1943. I could send those two to him, and if he wants to spin off a couple copies or whatever, you know, that, would, that wouldn't be a problem. But yeah, uh, really, well, even that, um, I tell you what, that eye fo foolers one for parties, socials, and homes, a book of optical illusions that looks really cool, too, man. Yeah, yeah. you know what? I kind of like those obscure little, little printed uh books like that, you, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so, so it's it's you know, it's kind of neat. I like that. Now, Sherry, will you read, will you read any of those, or are those all Chuck's <laughs> toys? Uh, you know what? I, I'd like to check them out. I didn't really uh, know that he did. He did get those. So yeah. Let me see that bank account now. You guys got to be careful, man. I, I, I'm always <laughs> sneaking packages in the house. You know what I mean? And, uh, I, I'm the same way. Hey, I'm the same <laughs> way, man. I've always seen my wife say, oh, what, what, what's that that you got? Oh, it's just a just a book or something, but you know, I don't tell her the price it or, no. or something. You know, you know what I, book I got? Let me tell I'll you. Tell you know, I, I could have could have got it at Barnes and Nobles and this. Oh no, no, I got it for a real good price. And I'm like, oh, thank God I got a, a joint bank account, man, because I'd be I'd be paying for it more ways than one. Oh, Joe, Joe, let me tell you something, my man. You got to do like I did. The other day I come from Chiller. Thank God, you know, Jim sprung out and he got me the the, the thing. So I told my wife, you can ask Jim. I, she goes, you sure? I go, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> but the funniest part about it, you're going to like about this part, is the fact that um, I go into Target and they're, they're doing a marathon by my job. So I had no choice. They blocked off the road. Cops said, I can't let you in even though you work there because, you know, people are running. You got to wait. So I get stuck in, in, in Target for about an hour, right? So I go, lo and behold, I'm walking around, twiddling my thumbs, and I'm like, the people are going to think I'm crazy. Like, what am I doing just walking around the store? So I go towards the uh, computer section, and in the back of the computer section where the TVs are, in the corner of my eye, I notice a small Frankenstein. I go, what? Uh -oh. So when I look over there, they're eight-inch action figures from NACA, N-A-C-A, I think it's the company, and they had uh, which something which is funny, they had uh, uh, three Wolfmans, different color boxes and stuff. Another Wolfman, they had King Kong, uh, and uh, I forgot which was the one. Um, oh my gosh, I never bought that. It's something with a, like a phantom, looks like the Phantom of the Opera, but it's, it's I forgot the name of the, the thing right now. But anyway, they had the Frankenstein, was the only one that was left, right? So I wind up grabbing all seven figures. When oh, I wow. go up, I thought they were like 14 bucks. When I go up, they were $35 a piece. Holy smokes. So I'm like, oh, my God. So I go ahead and I go, I got to take it for now because, you know, if I have to change it, I'll exchange it. <laughs> so I, I quietly put it in back of my car so nobody would see, you know, my trunk. <laughs> my, my wife goes shopping for three days. And I go, oh, my God, I left the things. It was $280. So I'm like, if if she sees that, she's gonna flip out, you know. <laughs> so I, I was like, luckily last night she drops me off the storage, and I'm dropping off thing. And I go open the trunk and I grab the bags quickly, put them in the thing, and I wheel them upstairs. <laughs> and um, I, you know, imagine if she she'll kill me. Because oh, the thing man. is, I already have enough. But let me tell you, Joe, you probably seen the action figures. They're really phenomenal. The Frankenstein has three heads. Um. <laughs> I think 
I bought the two King Kong versions they had because it's the same action figure, but the box artwork is different. And um, I just bought it on, on the spite of the moment. Now, I know in the forum, um, I'm trying to see if I have a picture here to see what, what company made it. I think it was NACA. Uh, I'm kind yeah, of NACA, NACA made those. Yeah, they did okay. a, a Wolfman. A Wolfman, a Mummy, and they did two Frankenstein's—a black and white one and a um a color one. And yeah, I, I got the color have, one. Yeah, yeah, I believe they have plans to do a Dracula and a um a creature here in the future. But they're they're releasing them, you know, every so often. They're, they didn't do like a, a a mass release on them. Well, you know something, I was filming Chiller as I was going around Chiller. And I noticed that they, uh, you know, in the chiller, I noticed that, and you can see it in one of the videos if I posted, I saw one of the figures, the Frankenstein, they were selling for 54 bucks. So that means they're already, you know, so I got it at 35, I got it at the retail cost. But the thing is, it's really, really nice. It has three heads that you can interchange the heads, and it looks like Boris, Boris Carl. Um, yeah, something is definitely really- driving the price up on that because I've seen them all at, at the stores for anywhere for like 30, 35 bucks, somewhere around there. So whoever's, well, got, them that, whoever's got them that much is, is really, really, you know, putting them, them high, higher than they should be. Yeah. Well, that's what I paid 35. I was hoping it would have been a little cheaper. My, my daughter told me that online they were going for, uh, I think 32. And I'm like, you know, if it's that, I'm, I got to take them to, but I'm going to have to now go to Target with them. And, and you know, because Target was selling it online for less. So they would credit me the difference. The problem is, is I got to sneak him back in the car on the day my wife is not around. Because I don't want her to see I spend that. Because <laughs> I know you're listening, but she will kill me. And, um, you know, I, I just don't want until uh, whatever. But um, the thing is with the action figures and stuff is that it, it looked really cool, man. I kind of like. I just got it out of, you know, out of whatever. But um, one thing I got to tell you guys, they're making some really, really nice things out there. I know the Universal Monsters, they've been introduced with so many different varieties and different ways, just like the films. And you usually buy them all because if you like Dracula, Frank, they are pretty nice to own, you know? Oh, absolutely. Hey, uh, Joe, did you see the one picture I put on the forum of the of the Fright Factory, the uh, Thing Maker? That was my favorite toy. That is yeah. just so cool, man. Oh. Yeah, that was really cool. I, I took a look at it, and um, uh, someone had posted a link to one for um, one for sale on eBay for twenty eight hundred dollars. So I I put on there, if anyone got an extra, you know, twenty eight hundred dollars. Let me know. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a little bit overpriced, I think. But I tell you what, that's that's such a cool toy, and that's the one I had. It's uh, it's actually marked on there. Uh, it's 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 copyrighted. The one I have anyway from 1966. But my parents bought it from me probably in about 67, maybe 68. I was about a four year old kid, and uh, you know what? Though we used to play with that, my uh, brother and I for uh, for hours. That was just so much fun making all the different. Uh, scary little creatures, the shrunken heads. It was just a lot of fun, man. Wow. Oh yeah, I I could imagine that thing looked really cool. And you, know, I've never seen one at any uh, any show or anything. So I, you know, I don't know if that's like a rare item to to find or what. They actually yeah. no. If you look, Norm, my buddy, the guy, he has one. I think it's on the show. Uh, he was asking six hundred and fifty for it. I think. Really? Wow. Yeah. And they, uh, did come, more, and they did come. They did come out with reasonable. a more modern one. They they did come up with a more modern one that we bought for our kids when they were younger, probably about twenty years ago. 
uh, which I will take a picture of that sometime and uh, put that on the form as well. Okay, but this has added safety features. Okay, like the actual, uh, you know, the actual burner where you put the molds in. It's inside of like an oven, and there's a timer on there, so and it won't open until it's completely cool. You know what I mean? Like the one I played with was really dangerous. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could burn your hands, you could burn your face. You, you know, it's. <laughs> It's just a lot different. It, it, isn't that kind of like the one, the atomic lab? I was actually looking for that atomic lab because when I found out it actually had radiation on the ship, I, I kind of want to get rid of it. Yeah, but, probably. Oh, I, I'm going to have to take time, you know, the next couple of weeks, open boxes and see what I got. And I know I got to get one because uh, Mr. AKA King has been bothering me saying that I shouldn't yap and post. Um, I have, I bought the moon monster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which you know what it's like a five inch figure and i bought it for if i was correct uh, 45 dollars uh in chiller a couple of years ago when it came out and uh i bought it because it was the moon monster but then i was like wow this is a crappy little stupid toy you you know it's not really it shouldn't be worth more than 10 bucks to be honest with you and i have it somewhere but then he he posted he found it uh he's like hey eddie maybe you would like this and i'm like I got it a long time ago, so then uh, Mr. A.K.A. Todd comes back and says, well, we're going to have to hold Mr. Guevara there to the T. Instead of, I lost it, I can't find it. You better post it if you got it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I got to find it, man. And um, it's it's really hard, though, honestly, when you look at the amount of stuff I've collected. And and, this, and, and it really kind of like got me a little aggravated with myself that I have I mean, I understand, but to have to get uh, five 10 by 10 storages and a 15 by 15, oh my just goodness. To put this, that, that's a little bit too much, I think, you know? You're not kidding. Uh, six years ago, when I went to my daughter's house, it was two truckloads and a half, you know, and a couple of, you know, van loads, whatever. Now, five truckloads, 10, with today's going to be 11 CRPs filled, and now I have to get a van tomorrow. Well, that that's yeah. just, I think it needs, I, I need to sell. I need to, and I, I was thinking of having just like Chuck's Corner, I was thinking of having Eddie's weekly sale corner just to oh, sell yeah. all the things that I have. That'd be and, great. Yeah, and I, I would definitely need to get rid of things I don't really care. Like, like, for example, I'm looking right now in front of me, I have a cast iron clown from the 1920s bank. Okay, that's fine. But do I collect clowns from the 1920s cast iron bank? No, I just have it. I have, I have about 10, 15 of them. You know, the, the, the reason I bought this, and, and this is there's a reason behind everything we do in life is, Joe, when I was a kid and, and even growing up, I remember seeing the Haunted House Mystery Bank townhouse. And it always said it had a hand coming out to the door. I've been searching for that particular version for over 30 something years and in, in it I bought every monster bank, every hand bank, I got the ghoul finger bank. If you look at everybody knows it's called creepy or um greedy fingers, the coffin bank. I have yeah. 11 different variations of that bank. 11. And wow. many of them redouble and I know I promised Joe an original tin one which I have about four left cuz I had like five or six and I think I sent one to uh Todd I don't remember, but I'm going to basically try to find to get him one because he was crying that he was going to buy one and it was a hundred dollars and, you know, the guy wouldn't. 
So I said, Joe, no the need. The guy to wouldn't budge. The guy wouldn't budge. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so basically, I said I'd probably get one to him, you know, and and this way he can tell the wife Eddie sent it to me. I didn't buy it, you know. Ah, uh, there you go. Eddie still charged me. He charged me double for this. And he, <laughs> pay it. So yeah, he's but... holding Chuck and his wife Sherry hostage until I paid this <laughs> double price. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, collecting is fun, but sometimes collecting can be overwhelming. And when you have to, like, I can see, okay, you have a 10 by 10 foot storage. You got a couple of great items and, you know, expensive items. That's fine. But when you, like, right now, say if I want to move to Pennsylvania or something, how the hell am I going to move my entire stuff? I'm going to need to attract a trailer just to move my collection. I think yeah. that's a little bit far-fetched. You know what I mean? It's yeah, absolutely. A lot. Yeah. Although moving it out of storage where you put it on a bin and you go load it in a truck is one thing. But moving it out of my daughter's house, taking it up, that's a that's a killer, man. Going from the basement upstairs, never again. Never again. Wow. So I'm just telling you guys that collecting is fine. And I know that uh, wasn't it, um, uh, Tr- uh, Sherry, didn't one time you threaten Ch- Chuck that you were going to put him in the gu- guillotine he had in the <laughs> living room? Yes. Yes, he had enough. He had enough magic in all the other rooms. I said, <laughs> "Just leave trouble. my leave my living room alone, untamed." Yeah, but, yeah, but <laughs> oh, I yeah, see a head was... chopper. Yeah, I see a head chopper behind the chair. I said, "Uh, uh-uh, this got to go." Did you sell it? <laughs> yeah, I did. I yeah, he, stole, he ended up selling it. Yeah, yeah he, he goes to me, Eddie. Don't say nothing, but you threatened to put me on it. She was gonna chop my head. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was it was it was getting it was getting out of hand, you know. And it scared kids a lot when I used that, like well, in like yeah. in schools, and a lot of kids were trembling. I chop yeah. a chop a kid's head off, and, and it was, <laughs> just chop an arm off. Yeah, I just chop an arm off. No, that's enough. You know? Yeah, and it's funny because I was trying to get one. Another thing, even David said to me, Eddie, why are you buying all this magic stuff? And I go. I started buying a bunch of, like, you know, just buying magic. Because I always loved magic. And I started doing magic when I was, like, maybe, I don't know, 15, 16. And I was getting good at it. And I bought that deluxe uh, TV magic set that was supposed to be. I got it when I was younger. And I, you know, I started doing the deluxe one, the $100 one. Remember from the day, Joe? Uh, Yeah, that's a nice one. Black box. Well, I had that. And I. Bro's born, right? Now I'm already 15 at the time, and I've had this for like 10 years in mint condition. I kept working with the tricks, I knew how to do all of them. My brother comes one day, I go into my bedroom, and my brother is about three, four years old. He's on top of the bed, he's got the toy open, and everything's all over the place. <laughs> I got you know that I gave up on magic from that day, like I just got disgusted, and I uh-huh. never did it again, like I didn't care. <laughs> I wanted to clobber my brother. My mom is like, no, you can't. I was like, ooh, I wanted to hit him. But the thing is, the thing is that he just, just, so ever since I've had a liking for magic, I love watching magic. I love to see how it's done. Even though I know how it's done, I still love to watch it. But one thing about it, though, me actually doing it, I kind of uh, didn't really do it after that, you know? Yeah, Yeah, sure. 
And and that could have been that's when I I probably because I was gonna get a head chopper one time I was looking at a six foot guillotine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they were selling it for three hundred and seventy five dollars. It was mm-hmm. like a real one. I mean, the one they had on uh, one magician was using, and they had it on eBay, and they would send it. The shipping was like a hundred and twenty bucks or something like that. Because oh yeah, they're they're pretty heavy. Yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, heavy. but I was actually I was actually going to purchase it. And now I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with a guillotine? It's not like I'm going <laughs> to. Well, hey, guys, I hate to jump in here, but we are down to about the last minute and 20 seconds. So we're going to wrap things up here. And I want to thank Chuck, Sherry, and Eddie for joining us today. And everybody out there, too, for joining us and listening. We are on every single week. So find us on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to our channel. Give us a great review because that does help us. Also, check out our YouTube channel, House of the Unusual. Subscribe to it. Like our videos. There's currently 139 videos up there and more on the way. Um, There's some premieres that are ready to go, and Eddie and Chuck are putting out videos every single week, so definitely check that out. Also, check us out on houseoftheunusual.com. We have a free forum site there. Why aren't you on there? And if you are, thank you for being on there. There's some great stuff going on. People are putting up some pictures of their collections and stuff, and uh, there, there's some really cool items up there. Like we were just talking about Chuck's pamphlets and all that and uh, the toys that he's put up and that I've put up and Eddie and everybody else. So definitely check that out. And um, Hey guys, that's all that we got for this week. So once again, thank you to everybody out there who's listening and see you next week. Good night. Good night. God bless. And good night, buddy. Good night.